Welcome people to episode 478 of Film Bastards. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello everyone. And... Ian Loring, hello. And what have we got this week? Well, we have our end-of-year review show, coupled with a review of Babylon and... I, I, we might get to what we've been watching because uh, we also have Oscars no, we're not. chat. You will probably we're not get to what we've been watching. Watch, yeah, I, I, yeah I, just, I feel we're not gonna. I'm feeling we're gonna have a, a bumper episode next week of what we've been watching. Mm. And double up—that's quite good because I haven't watched much this week. So doubling up is probably great. Then, 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 then that we shall do. <laughs> um, so yeah, so yeah, we've got yeah, we've got got a, got a big show for you guys. Yeah, yeah, it should be fun. Um, I'm not gonna ask you. Uh, well, I'm gonna say if we're, we're a podcast, podcast, go listen to the podcast, including you know all your favourites. We always mention there. Um, so yeah, right um, now now that's out of the way. Let's 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 do a fucking show. Let's go. Um, I, I was about to say that Ian. I'm not gonna ask you what's been in the news this week because it's Oscars. Holy shit. This is we're on it. Yeah, it's ninety seconds, and we're we're here. Yeah, we're going. We're getting get, oh. get strapped in, folks. Because fucking hell, I was expecting a leisurely train ride instead. Nope, I've been taken on the fucking ride of my life. You're on the fucking on the bullet air train, motherfucker. Fucking roller coaster. I'm on the bullet train. Let's fucking go. Let's go. Right. Let's go, tangerine. Oh shit. Tangerine. You've not seen Bullet Train. Bullet Train, baby. No, and as such, Tangerine just makes me think of uh, Michael Caine. <laughs> Very good, yes. So, Ian, the Oscar nominations, they happened, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, they did, buddy. They did. Um, let's. So, I put a video up on, on, on the Patreon yesterday of me doing my, uh, my Oscar bets. So, uh, patreon.com forward slash filmbastards to watch me bet money. Um, but they they they're interesting. They're interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna level with people. Um, I'm I'm trying to have a break from alcohol, and I've had a couple of CBD gummies in the last hour or so, and I don't know whether it's because I don't usually uh, have a lot of CBD, but I feel like they were quite potent, and I am very 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 relaxed. <laughs> um, <laughs> to the extent that I don't quite know what i'm looking at so let's do this so best well no how do how do we start so everything everywhere all at once leading with 11 nominations which is wild apparently people on twitter have been criticizing the oscars for oh it's typical oscar bait 
we'll talk about everything everywhere all at once later on in this show. But that film and Oscar bait are diametric opposites. Yeah. yeah. It's just while we're on, on the subject of that, I, I, I get to think a little bit, and it might be a me thing, but I think it, I think it might be becoming more of a, a generalised thing that everybody, when people are now kind of going, oh, Oscars, but where are all the... It's now getting, will you just fuck off and just let us have some fun, you pricks? Well, they're making the people that they moan about not being included more and more niche, are they? they it's like, right, the Oscar nominations are coming out amazing. Right, let's see what I can be offended about. Yeah, there, there is an, an awful lot of that. And I, I get the feeling this year that the Oscars have kind of just gone, look, we're just going to go for it. And we're not going to try and appease everybody because we just we've realised we can't well that's the thing like a lot of people complaining that there's no women directors included in the directing category and the the examples of female directed movies that they're using what have they been like The Woman King no, no. that bullshit thing with Francis McDormand Women Talking yeah you know if it doesn't if you, if you want to be nominated make something Oscar worthy so the thing is, it's an interesting one because, you know, and this is going to be quite a free form rambling discussion, I think. So, you know, strap in, folks. But <laughs> We're good at rambling. Th- yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're, we're taking you on a journey, on a, on a journey and where we go. I don't know, but we're going to enjoy it. And yours is an enhanced so, journey. Um, yeah, oh, I'm just yeah, drinking absolutely. tea. You're, you're, you're hitting up the CBD. Oh, fuck it. Yeah, it's good. Um, so. <laughs> or it must death. <laughs> Rhyme. What? <laughs> I think it's because I rhymed on accident. T and CBD. Isn't it most deaf? Like, as in most definitely. I think either. Most deaf sounds like you uh, some sort of like a gardening killer. Yeah, he's like he's super heavy into horticulture. Yeah, he's changed his name anyway. Actually, can he go by something else now? Plant boy. Plant Lover 93. Yeah, Plant Lover 90. Plant Lover. That's very specific. Yaslin Bear, he goes, that's now. Yas, 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 Yasmin. Yas, Yasin Bear. Yasim, Yasin Bay. Yeah. So he, he went from Dante from to Ralph blood. Smith to Mostef to Yasin Bay. Yasin Bay. Um, good. What were we talking about? So, right. So the Woman King was being talked about for like several nominations and it didn't get any. And I'm kind of not surprised. Because it's not that good. It's, it's fine. It's Isn't it also fine. like history washing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very much history washes. It's, it, it's all right. It's fine, it, yeah. It's a decent time, but it, it felt like it was just being talked about for Oscars because it was predominantly women. And that that was like you know, and I, I you know, it, it just it it that felt like an Oscar campaign that was that that was never really, and also it just it didn't really ever. I think there was an assumption that Viola Davis was just going to get in for Best Actress, and like she didn't really do any campaigning. Um, and then you compare that to the Andrea Riseborough nomination, where it's like they just did this fucking weird inorganic thing right when people were voting and it worked and people are complaining about that and i'll be 
A, I think it's fucking funny. B, <laughs> it is just a little bit don't hate the player, hate the game. Like, they've come in, they've done this thing where they've got, like, basically, Andrea Riseborough, the director and the director's wife, have got a bunch of their mates to host, host screenings and talk about this film and the performance on social media. And then what have the what have the, all the other films done? They've, like, held, like, drinks events mm. and sent people like fucking paraphernalia and you know it's not like it's a more a less honest way of oscar campaigning it's a different way of oscar campaigning and i don't think it's going to work every single time it feels like it's worked this once and now people are going to replicate it well that's the thing none of this shit happens organically people you know it's not like uh, all the academy members just get sent all the movies and they watch them all and then they make a educated decision they probably exactly. don't watch most of the films. There is campaigns. It's like going for fucking class president. And it, it just, it is what it is. Is it right? No. Is it the the world? Yeah. And is Andrea Riseborough apparently very, very good into Leslie? Yeah. So... Oh, is it a surprise that Andrea Riseborough's good in something? Well, that's it. That's it. I mean, I, of that? I... I find her... I mean, we were discussing this earlier, weren't we? I, I find her quite an uncomfortable screen presence because she seems a little bit... I don't know, just a bit off in everything. But then again, a lot of performances she picks takes yeah, on. Yeah, But, but I, I, I think I remember... But from, she's very good, so... She, sorry, just going off what you were saying a second ago there, Bex. I think I remember seeing a thing with um, Edgar Wright, where when he got accepted into the... where he was become a member of the Academy. Mm. And he... I remember a thing... I think, I'm fairly certain it's Edgar Wright. Uh, where he was saying that he was surprised that the amount of people within the Academy who have voted for these things haven't seen mm. a lot of the films. Mm. So he makes it a priority to watch every film that he can vote on yeah. in every category. You shouldn't o- be allowed o- to vote in a category otherwise, if you have watched everything. Otherwise mm. he doesn't vote within yeah. that category. So he makes it a, a thing and like he, he talks about the fact that he watches all those films because... It stop. It means he could make a proper decision mm. uh, based on it, and it's just yeah. There is probably a lot of no. The other bit, and we say this every year, is you know they they both matter and don't matter. The, the, the Academy Awards are one of the most unimportant important things that happen in the movie business every year. I think it's weird because as as film fans, it matters to us. To see, you know, you, you want to see the movie that you've been championed for the whole year get the recognition. It kind of, you know, to, to some people it will it will validate their their feelings about a film if it gets nominated, even if it doesn't win. But, I mean, 100%, it matters to the people that are in them and it matters to them for, like, well, job abs- opportunities abs- going forward. Absolutely, but I, I will also say, I think I can remember once within the past six or seven years... Mm. Um, one of our one of our top films of the year best films of the year number one spot mm. won the best picture and I think it's only happened once what was it and I'm fairly certain it was Ian Shepard was your number one that year and it won best picture sure and that is the only time granted one of us is an idiot well, Ian, for like no, in the fish for a movie. I like fucking Shape of Water. I really want to rewatch Shape of Water. I wouldn't mind rewatching it. It's I, I, the I... only time I've had an erection in the last <laughs> fucking six years, Bex, all right? Go easy. I think I unfairly hate it. I think you do unfairly yeah. hate it. I think you decided you didn't like it. Because I like everybody involved. Yeah, I think 
I don't think you need to rewatch it. I think I'm just uncomfortable with the fish fucking. Uh, I mean, broaden your fucking mind. Yeah, to fucking expand your horizons, <laughs> but Christ. Oh dear. So, if we're looking at best picture, it's an interesting list, and I think that there's some like on occasion surprising shit here. Can, 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 I, can, I, can I get my one major bitch out of the fucking way then, so we can start? Oh yes, please. What is it? Go on. Yeah. Right. I'm sorry, but there's, so there's ten films nominated. Is it one, two, three, four? Yeah, there's ten, yes, ten, there's ten. Ten films nominated. Right. I'm sorry. I, I know it, it's made an awful lot of money, etc. Yeah, that, yeah. But Avatar in here, in here is just a little bit like, oh, come on. Cameron effect in it. Don't don't but, don't you know? But the thing there is. Endgame wasn't nominated for Best Picture. That wasn't James Cameron. No, but I'm not saying I'm not talking about the Cameron thing. Um, But, you know, if we're just going to base films on, well, this made a lot of money, it's not. There are people out there that like it. All power to you. If you like Avatar, that's that's great. I didn't hate it. It, it, It's fine. But come on. Nobody, nobody thinks it's... It, it, the best it's, film of the year. You know, there. And it is taking up a spot that could have gone to something else that just more richly deserved it. Avatar doesn't need that. Hmm. It doesn't need that. It's not going to win it. It's just well, a no, little I mean... bit like... It, it's a bit like... Oh, come on. Have a little bit more imagination than that. You know, Triangle of Sadness, which is nominated there, that, that takes imagination for it. But you could have thrown in, there's, there's a lot of other films that you could have thrown in. in pl- give it to fucking Living. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, it, it just, it's, it, it's just, it's going to turn up. It's one of the ten. It's got zero fucking chance. But to be fair, there's a few on this list that have got zero fucking chance. Go on. So yeah, it's, it's between, I, well, well, I predict here, it's between... I think there's an outside. I think there's an outside shot, and then it's between two other ones. And I think I think it's going to be one of the two, but I think there is an outside shot. Shock one. Um, what are the two then? I think it's between everything, everywhere, all at once, and Banshees. Yeah. Yeah. It's between those. Probably one of those two is going to win it. I think it, I I just think now predictions. If we're doing predictions, I do just think everything, everywhere is going to get it. I really hope so. I think that deserves it over Banshees. No, I think Banshees. I think it's... it's no. We'll get in that list later. It's just... it's it, The concept of everything everywhere is... And it's fun. Yeah. And it looks good. And it's engaging. It's Banshees do, doesn't tick all of those boxes. Um, go on, what's your outsider? Because I know what your outsider is. We were discussing it earlier, weren't we? Just think there's an outsider. I'm, I'm, I'm using this as a... Like a real outsider. As a real outsider. But then again, Coda won last year, so let's not pretend outsiders don't fucking win shit. My outsider is Top Gun Maverick. I can't see him giving it to what is essentially an action movie sequel. It's just not strong enough. Like, the fact that when it got adapted screenplay nomination, I was like, fuck me, this is interesting. But then it missed Cinematographer... And Cruz didn't get in for actor, and that that was always on the bubble. But the fact that it didn't get a, a cinematography nomination is insane. But also speaks to the fact that it's maybe not as strong as it would need to be. That like because everything everywhere 
the fact that it got 11 Oscar nominations and the, the the fucking David Byrne song got a Best Original Song nomination basically says to me, all right, there's a lot of love for everything, everywhere, all at once. And I think that that's going to tip it. I agree, though. I think it's between those two. My outsider would be Elvis um, because it's a consensus vote. It, yeah. It's like, a, you know... If it's a lot it's of like, people's number three, then it'll get... Boom. Yeah, but, but by the same token, I think Top Gun Maverick could have been a lot of people's number four or number four. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean that that's also fair. But I I, I think I'd love to at, see Elvis right, get it, but I just can't see it happening. I, 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 I'd love to see Elvis get it because I put three pound on it at a hundred to one. <laughs> I, wow. I, I wouldn't for one reason, and it's not I don't like the movie because I do like the movie, right? But for one reason, I I, I just know because. Can you imagine what fucking Baz Luhrmann is going to do with having the credence of an Oscar? He's going to go fucking... He's going to do something that is going to be very annoying. No, but he he's, might not. He's going to make a studio bankrupt. It'll be amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But if he's back on his game, I mean, this is this is a bob back to a quality filmmaking uh, for him. I'm... Right. Which is fine, but that's because I think he had a little bit of a kicking on his last couple of movies, mm. and so he had to rein a little bit of Bazzy in, um, and it got through on the strength of a performance. Yes, yeah, th- this film without Austin Butler or with a weaker Elvis performance um, is a lot of people are concentrating on how trash Tom Hanks is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then again, the whole point of the the, the thing is. It's we're not. It's we are the film. A very good thing the film does is the unreliable narrator. You're watching it through the eyes of the villain. Oh, it's so fucking good. Anyway, but yeah, but that's what I think. I just think there's a. I do think it's going to be everything everywhere all at once, like you said, because it seems to have the swing of momentum at the moment. Seems to be behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. So I mean, nominees: All Quiet on the Western Front, which is uh, Call of Duty World War Two, the movie. Um, Ed put in German, uh, Germany. Um, even though I think it's probably anyway. Yeah, Avatar: The Way of Water, Banshees, Elvis, Everything Everywhere, The Fablemans, which has basically lost all heat. It'll get director. I could see that being literally the only one it wins all night. It does not deserve best director by a fucking mile. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 we'll get to it. I think there's more worthy. Uh, Tar, Top Gun, Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking did squeak in there. So. Uh, what you know? I, I suppose if we're talking snubs from that list, um, I think we're probably talking the whale, uh, maybe living to an extent. Um, but then, to be honest, I think those would probably be the only two out of things that got nominated. Well, the general uh, consensus seems to be on the whale that it's a very good performance in a not that great movie. film. Yeah, I mean, hey, Aronofsky didn't get nominated for director uh, nor screenplay, which, you know, says all you need to know there, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, like, so director then, as we were kind of just talking about it, Martin McDonough, The Daniels, Steven Spielberg, Todd Field, Ruben Ostland. I, the only spoiler I can see here for Spielberg is The Daniels. Yeah, I do think The Daniels could end up getting that. There is much more, like active directing involved in the making of Everything Everywhere than there is in The Fablemans. Well, my thing my thing with The Fablemans is, a, and it's a movie that I liked. I, I liked The Fablemans. Mm. Uh, I know you didn't, Becky. 
but I, I, I did like the Fablements. But I, and it, the thing is, it's a, it's, it, it manages to both be a fun movie for me and a, a story that Spielberg wants to tell, but at the same time doesn't want to tell. Because it's not just, here's the story of my life, it's, here's kind of the story of my life. Um, but it does it does feel a little bit like, right, but Stephen, you, you could direct this movie in your fucking sleep. Mm. It's, I don't know, it's just the fact that he's only got one Best Director Oscar, and I know that doesn't excuse anything, and I think the Daniels definitely would deserve it over it, but I'm not going to begrudge it. If he won Director and then the Fablemans won Picture, I pro- like. I think a lot of people would be like, yeah, really? Yeah, that's... I, I, I think that, I think the outside one on that, I think Daniel's going to win it. I think the outside one is going to be Todd Field. Yeah, maybe. Winning for Tar. Maybe. Um, and that being the one, that one possibly two that Tar wins. Mm. Okay, so uh, actor, Austin Butler, Colin Farrell, Brandon Fraser, Paul Meskell, Bill Nighy. Interesting list, this. Mm. Um, it feels to me like Butler, Farrell and Fraser are there and thereabouts and Mesco and Nighy are a good deal behind. Um, I'm glad the internet's boyfriend has an Oscar nomination and I'm pleased for people, but <laughs> really? Um, I think Mesco is fine in that film, but he's basically playing dad who's who's depressed but hiding it from his daughter really really badly it it i yeah i don't know i i don't i don't know with that film but hey uh listeners of this show like it so i'll be quiet now um <clears throat> night he getting a nomination for living's fucking awesome though i was very very pleased with that in terms of who wins i think it's going to be butler i think farrell and fraser are going to cancel each other out i mm. i think i think farrell's going to win it see i i have seen two out of the five nominated performances in this so i can't really make an educated that's it, sort of yeah. guess but my want to win should win and will win are all three different people because I'd love for Brendan Fraser to win because I think it would give the Renaissance a real big boost and I give his confidence a boost and just show everyone show him that everyone fucking loves him and I think he needs that at this point I think he needs that like okay all right yeah this this is working this is worth continuing with I think Austin Butler should win I think it's a fucking powerhouse performance and I think Colin Farrell will win because he's Colin Farrell and he's, he's good in Banshees. He's really, really he is. good in Banshees. But he doesn't... He doesn't oh, don't, don't, don't do the he doesn't do anything thing. He doesn't do, he doesn't do as much as Austin Butler does for the role. No, because everything has to revolve around him. He's not supposed to do anything because that's the point of the character. Mm, that's fine. But we will gets, just have to agree to disagree on this one. fine. But he gets to do... He, he, does, he does an awful lot of the heavy lifting. Just walking around being Irish and sad. <laughs> Um, okay, so actress, Kate Blanchett, Anna de Armas, wild, Andrea Riseborough, also wild, Michelle Williams, Michelle Yeoh. So, actress, I would agree that in a, in a way, I think it's 
rough that Anada Armas and Andrea Riseborough probably knocked out Daniel Daniel Deadweiler and um, Viola Davis. It's not a great look, um, but I was saying to Mark it, earlier that Anada Armas being nominated is bonkers. That film is such an embarrassment. They should have just fucking left it to die. It's. It, I think it's literally actors going like, Jesus fucking Christ, you had to do all that. Mm. I, I like literally, it's that because the, the, like the nominations are done by the branches, so yeah, actors like like nominating Anna de Armas because it's a lot of work, and Andrea Riseborough because people like Andrea Riseborough and the performance is decent. Like, when it actually comes to going out to the whole academy to vote, those two are going to be so in the fucking weeds. Um, It's between Yo and Blanchett. I think Yo's going to do it. I really hope she does. I think... um... I think she deserves it. Not, I mean, both for this performance, because she's really good in it, but also, like, time served. You know, a bit of a legacy win. Blanchett already has two Oscars, mm. I think. Mm. Michelle Yeoh doesn't usually do the kind of work that appears in films that then go for Oscars. Yeah. I'd love it if that wasn't the case, but it is. It feels to me like you give Michelle Yeoh this because it may be that she's never the, even nominated again. Whereas Kate Blanchett might be nominated again next well, year. Next year. <laughs> It's one of those, I think, I, I, I agree between those two. Yes, Kate Blanchett has won two before. She won for Blue Jasmine and she won Best Supporting Actress for The Aviator. Um, but yeah, it's between those two and I do think Michelle Yeoh is probably going to get it. Andrea Riseborough's kind of becoming a little bit of like her, this generation f- for actors, of like Gina Rowlands or something like that. She's very much a actor's actor. Mm. Mm. Actors fucking love or like a Charlotte Rampling style of person, where she's never going to be a household name, but in ten years' time, the latest crop of engineers are all going to cite um, Andrew Riseborough as an inspiration to them. Mm. Um, supporting actor Brendan Gleeson. Uh, my single biggest hell yeah of the entire lot, Brian Tyree Henry. I mean, you you said you uh, said he's he's fantastic in Carlsworth, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, and like it absolutely. I mean, like both he and Lawrence are great, but like yeah, he's doing some really good work in Carlsworth. I was fucking thrilled to see that. He's good as um, well, in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's great that he's an Oscar nominee now. He should have been nominated for if Bill Street could talk. But hey, is, um, sorry, can I just interrupt for one hmm. second? Is Brian Tyree Henry the one that's in the Eternals? Yeah, one of the few like decent performances in the Eternals. Well, there's two, the there's uh, IKEA full catalog guy. Yeah, the yeah the the yeah yeah yeah. He's like the um, the gay one. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what his name is in the film. Sorry, he's fucking great in that though. He is definitely a highlight of that movie. And he, I mean, he's the, a highlight of Bullet Train as well. Yeah, there's another film that I think he should have been nominated for as well for best supporting. Child play. Charles Boy. <laughs> What's in that one, eh? Uh, Widows. Mm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Really cool. fucking good in Widows without, like, but letting everybody else around him do, like, more sort of flashy bits, but just being really fucking good in it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, also, Judd Hirsch, uh, 
Barry Keoghan and uh, this year's Best Supporting Actor winner, <laughs> Kihi Kwan. Um, could, yeah, could just done, done, done deal. Can you imagine that if Kihi Kwan and um, Brendan Fraser uh, both win Academy Awards uh, for Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor um, after starring in California Man so, years ago, so many years ago themselves. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Um we're not going to do every single one. Um, so supporting actress, just audience. Um, supporting actress, Angela Bassett, Hong Chow, Kerry Condon, Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Zhu. I will say, I rewatched Everything Everywhere on Monday night and I would have been fucking fuming on Stephanie Zhu's behalf if she wasn't nominated and Jamie Lee Curtis was. Yeah. I'm yeah, fine with Curtis getting a nomination along with her, but... I'm glad they didn't split votes there. Jamie Lee Curtis is good in everything, everywhere, all at once. She's also not in it that much, and I'm not entirely sure what it is about that performance that makes people think she should be nominated for an Oscar. Kerry Condon deserves this one. Uh, it's probably fair. Yeah, but... She's fucking great in Banshees. Bassett's Bassett's winning, winning. yeah. I haven't seen Black Panda so Black Panda. Oh, well, I wish. <laughs> so I can't oh, him, but... Marvel's latest superhero. <laughs> but I don't think if if it's a similar performance to the one in the first one, I don't think she deserves it. But the thing about it is, she gets big emotional moments. Yeah, the thing is, yeah. Angela Bassett is great. Angela Bassett has been great for thirty years. Has she got any others? Academy Awards, no, I believe she was nominated once for Tina What's Love Got To Do With It, I believe. Yeah. Oh, she's fucking great, That's isn't right. um, I think, um, I'll check, see if I'm actually right there. So it could be another legacy win kind of shout. Mm. So yeah, she was nominated yep. twice, yeah. Um, what's Love Got To Do With It and this, so like 28 years apart, mm. <laughs> 29 years apart. But... Kerry Condon will be robbed if she doesn't get this because she is such a strong performance in the same way that Barry Keoghan I, I would like him to get supporting actor because I think he's really fucking good in that yeah but he's not no he's not because Kiki Kwan who might actually be a leading man in that is going to win it <laughs> it's going to be a lovely speech as well it is um, and the thing is it's a it's a do you know what no one's going to begrudge it Barry Keoghan yeah. is going to win the Academy Award at some point. Yeah, yeah. Right, let's yeah. let's um, let's let's barrel through some of these. Um, I just want to say, best light um, animated short, um, my year of dicks uh, needs to win. <laughs> um, so, um, best adapted screenplay, All Quiet on the Western Front. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> I like that film, but what? I mean, I, that film's fine. That film's fine, but what? Glass Onion. Living, Top Gun Maverick, Women Talking. It's going to be Women Talking. Glass Onion. If if Glass Onion had any other nominations, I'd say that would be the spoiler, but it doesn't. No, that's a fair point, actually, that, yeah. I I did think Glass Onion, but you're right, it's the only nomination it's got, so yeah, it probably is going to be Women Talking. We were discussing this earlier. How do Glass Onion and Top Gun class as adapted screenplays? Is it because they're sequels? It's sequels. Yes. That's just fucking stupid, that, isn't it? They're not adapted it's from based, uh, based on pre-existing characters. Mm, nah, I don't, I don't buy that. That's bullshit. Well, I'm fucking telling you. No, it's fine. That can be why it is, but it's a stupid reason. <laughs> but, but, right. So, if you base a story based on, like, an actual person, 
does that have to get nominated for best adapted screenplay now? <laughs> because you're adapting it from somebody's real life. Yeah, well, it, it, I suppose it's pre-existing written characters created by somebody I'm else. Just saying, I, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, bit, I'm being a little bit facetious there, but it, I was a little bit like a lot of people have gone, wait, what <laughs> about this? Yeah. And it, it, I, I do get the logic behind it, but there isn't also a, God, oh, come on. It's not adapted from a pre-existing work. So no, I d- it, it's stupid. <laughs> it's it, it it is like when it, when the thing where if any little part of music uh, has ever been used in anything else, it can't be nominated for best score. Mm. 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 Um. Okay. Um. Original uh, original screenplay: Banshees, E A A O, The Fablemans, Tar, Triangle of Sadness. Um, Banshees. You'd assume Banshees. It will be Banshees. I think. Kind of like it if Tar won this because I don't think it's going to win anything else. But yeah, probably Banshees. It, yeah, I just think it, the, 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 it is very much a script-driven movie. It's why it's, it's why I think it could win Best Picture. Mm. A couple of the actor, a couple of the actor ones, and then it'll be between screenplay or director, and it'll win screenplay over director out of those. Did you see the message I sent to the group earlier, Ian? Uh, about the trailer for Tar. <laughs> yeah, I I can't remember what what the trailer was. It's like it presents it as this real weird, twisty kind of psychological horror. It's got, <laughs> I said to Mark, it's got like real Black Swan vibes to the trailer. Yeah, it, uh, uh, right. As somebody who watched Tar and liked Tar, if I'd watched that trailer and then got to see it the next week in the cinema, I'd have been a little bit like, wait, what? This is a completely different movie. See, if I'd seen that trailer and gone, that looks really interesting, I'm going to go see that, and then tar the movie was as it is, I'd be fucking fuming. But the, the baffling thing is, the trailer that you could make for tar that actually shows you what the movie tar is mm. would make it more accessible to people well, yeah, yeah. who want to go and see tar. Yeah, because people that, people that just want to watch a movie about some nasty grooming bitch of a conductor are not going to go see it based off that trailer. No, whereas it's yeah, it makes out to be this weird kind of like trippy, it's be an awful lot of fucking existential fucking movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Oh, all good. Um, so I tell you what, let's let's end this off with best original song. No, 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 best um, animated feature. I wanted to ask you actually, oh, how many sorry. of these have you seen? Uh, two. Have you seen the Sea Beast? Not yet. Honestly watch it it is way better than it has like than you, you than you ever think it's going to be there's this i was saying to mark there's this one shot where um they're in the water and it's like um like a like a side side on shot of, of them in the water and the sea beast kind of comes really close to them and it filled me with this existential dread and made me never want to go into the fucking sea again oh, well that's pretty powerful fucking hell it's, it's it's so much better than you think it's gonna be Netflix and it's like under two hours. Yeah, it's 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 really good. I'm really I'm really yeah. for Sea Beast on this one. I'll do it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, Pinocchio. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Yeah, yeah. I will add. Uh, Marcel Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Puss in Boots the Last Witch, which apparently fucking slaps. Yeah, apparently. Uh, uh, the Sea Beast and turning red. Uh, it will be Pinocchio. It will be Pinocchio. Yeah, yeah, it will. Yeah, I'd love it to be uh, Sea Beast. <laughs> it's Carl Urban nice. voices the guy as well. 
I mean, it got nominated. Not nothing. Yeah. Cartoon Saloon's latest. The Wolfwalkers people got shut out. My father's dragon. So, which was sad, but hey. Um, right. So, best original song. Mm-hmm. Applause from "Tell It Like a Woman" by Diane Warren. So now I think I ha- will need to see the film "Tell It Like a Woman." Um, maybe I just don't put myself through that this I year. Feel like I that know. sounds quite interesting. I feel like like Diane Warren gets nominated a lot. <laughs> Well, it's her 14th fucking nomination. It's ridiculous. Um, Hold My Hand from Top Gun Maverick. Lift Me Up from Black Panda. uh, Black Panda, I said it. Black (laughs) Panther, Wakanda Forever. It's because of the Wakanda. Black Panda, Wakanda. Let's make Um, fucking Black Panda happen. (laughs) I'd watch it. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, Natu Natu from RRR. And This Is A Life From Everything Everywhere All At Once. Thrillingly, I think it's going to be Natu Natu. I would love that that yeah love that the fact that it's it's not been nominated for best international picture is a fucking travesty so india didn't put it up for submission can't people just subversively nominate it anyway yeah oh not for international they can nominate it for like other things Mm. but not that but yeah i think it's gonna be rrr yeah it is um but yeah uh i think notable overall snubs you know, Woman King, Till to an extent. Nope. Was kind of surprised that didn't get some technical nominations. Um, I'm, I'm, I am still, despite the, the lack of box office su- success, I am a little bit stunned that she said didn't even get like screenplay um, or Mulligan in supporting or something like that. Um, but hey, that it is what it is. Um, and yeah. There we go. The Oscars, March 13th, I think. And I think there's going to be a few... It feels like there's space for there to be a few surprises. Yeah, it does. It, it feels like there's less locks. There's a few locks there, but it feels like there's less absolute fucking... Right, that is winning. Mm. Or and, and he is winning than normally. Normally, you're pretty much with the with the... The four acting categories, you're there going, there's three of them that are going to win. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this year, there's one that is going to win. Mm. Yeah, quite. Okay. You're, you're I hosting, am hosting, sorry, yes, Mark. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, to trailers, uh, moving on. There wasn't anything else that happened in movie news this week, was there? It was just oh, mate, let's move on. Wars, let's move yeah. on. I'll tell you what, the CBD's worn off. <laughs> That's really disappointing. You're feeling real stressed all of a sudden. No, I'm not feeling stressed. I'm just louder and kind of just more like with it. <laughs> uh, trailers. Uh, I'm gonna do an anti-trailer here. Can fucking knock at the cabin, please? Come out so I have to stop watching that fucking trailer. You're all sick of it, are you? I, I, I'm all right with watching the movie. Mm. Intrigued by the movie, I am fucking sick of watching that trailer. Yeah. It's it's not sick of watching you though, mate. Unfortunately. It, no, it's not. Because I, I have a feeling that even in the fucking middle of the fucking summer, it's going to be on there. <laughs> When's it out? Next, next week. week. I think we're fine. Not like next week, but next week, the week after, I think, mm, isn't okay. it? No, it's like literally the 3rd of February. Oh, next Friday. Yeah, next week, yeah. Did you get a week Friday. A week Friday, that's what I was meaning, like, not like this coming week. Oh, okay. Not in two days' time. Not that, not in like nine days', days yeah, Like, yeah. Okay. Got myself confused there. Um, new Dungeons and Dragons trailer. Fuck yes. This looks ace. It just looks fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm fine with it being, yeah, with this. I, I, I did enjoy I Don't Want to See You Die, so I'm going to leave <laughs> it. Yeah. 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 
Well, you said when you, when Hugh Grant cropped up, didn't you? Yeah. You know, is he, Hugh Grant, is he just doing what he wants now? Just fucking popping up in shit. Yeah. yeah. He, Hugh Grant just looks like a guy who's having just a really good time being Hugh Grant at the moment. And yeah. why not? It seems like it's pretty cool being Hugh Grant. And it's got revised Best Chris in it. Always Best Chris. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it just looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, it does. Uh, so, moving on from a film that looks like a lot of fun. Two. Scream. I'm really keen for this. I'm really keen for this. I rewatched the the most recent one um, this week and it fucking slaps. So. It's. And this one's got Adam Kirby. The fact that they just keep on calling, like saying, like, this is a new ghost face. It's like, what? Because he has a gun. (laughs) Yeah, other ghost faces have guns. They've used them frequently. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I. it's I, I, it's interesting that the angle for this is there's something different about this ghost face. Yeah, because he's not in Woodsboro. But the second one wasn't set in Woodsboro. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm relatively up for this. Um, I, I really, really hope they don't play on the lead girls, like, Oh, her dad was a serial killer. So does the apple fall far from the tree stuff? Like I, that grated on me particularly on the second watch, um, and it, it, it but and I'm I'm a little wary about that. Also, I'll be on, I do kind of wonder whether they've gone. Fuck, we made the wrong sister the lead. We've got General Ortega right here. Um, you know, and even though then again, I mean, this was filmed pre Wednesday, but man, like, I bet General Ortega's like, right, how many of these do I have to do now? How many am I contracted for? Um, I could see one of them being killed off in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean they they keep General Ortega and the one gets killed off? <laughs> I I I could see it. I could see it. Actually. I yeah, could see that's, it. That's that's a good point. Actually, that. I just thought it was a bit... Let's be honest, Melissa Barrera doesn't really bring much to the table, does she? I literally can't remember no. her. Yeah, exactly. And she was the lead. I watched it and she was in, a week it, ago, and she's just she's essentially a blank space in my brain. And she was not great in In the Heights as well. That film's shit, though. I just think it looks a little bit... It was a big old shrug of a trailer for me. Yeah, I think if this was the first like new one, I would be I would be quite underwhelmed. But I, I really liked the reboot with General Ortega. But did we watch it this time last year? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it came out. That, January, it feels it? quick. That. Maybe you don't want to. You don't want to fucking hang about it. Maybe not. No, it's maybe not quick. But it, it feels a bit quick. Um, yeah, I mean, look, hey, in terms of production, it's not not really quick because it was like basically had to shut down for COVID and blah blah blah. You know, so obviously they they, they you know they just had this kind of ready to go mm. because they probably wrote it during lockdowns. Um, you know, and the last one was a success. It's gonna be it's gonna be a pretty easy money maker, and you know, it. it I, I I look forward to it. My my rewatch of last year's Scream 
it went down a peg for me. I'm glad. It, I'm glad it you you still liked it as much as you did. It but, went up for me, um, to be perfectly honest. Nice. Um, I do wish they'd killed off Courtney Cox or Nev Campbell rather than than David Arquette. David Arquette, mm. yeah, um, and kept him as a character to to then use because he's a much better character than either of them two. Like Sydney Prescott, she might be a final girl, but she's not a great character. You. I, I kind of wonder, knowing what they know now about, like, okay, well, we're not going to offer Nave Campbell the money that she wants, mm. whether if they'd done that knowing this, whether they would have just killed off Sydney in it. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I think that would have been... I think that would have had more impact as well. And I think Dewey gives you more going forward. Um, I, I remember when it first came out, there was a lot of um, conversation about them trying to humanise um, Billy. Mm. Is it Billy? Yeah. Um, through her like flashbacks of him or whatever or him talking to her and it, it kind of like locked in my brain this time well of course she would humanise him as her daughter she's not going to want to think of her her dad as a, as a complete monster so it's not really that's not him that's her thinking of him so that kind of made a bit more sense to me on a rewatch because I had more room to think about it mm. but Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I just, I think it's a really good reboot, and I think I'm looking forward to the sequel. So yeah, key. Nice. Any others? Because it seems like it's been a bit of a short week. I think that I think that was it. Those are the only two that I remember. We, well, I because Mark was didn't want to watch it because it was about a baby. Did you watch the Baby Ruby trailer last week, Ian? What's Baby Ruby? It's like a horror movie. No. With a baby. But is it, it, it called was, Ruby? Yeah, it is, yeah. But the trailer was out last week, but obviously I, I didn't get home in time to watch it, or some bullshit anyway. No, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the tightly scripted world of a vlogger and influencer unravels as she becomes a mother in noted playwright Best Wall's feature debut. It essentially seems like it's like some kind of psychological thriller based around postpartum depression. And it looks really fucking good. Okay, that's an interesting angle. Yeah. Because I think hmm. it's one of those topics that people they talk about up to a certain point, don't they? But I don't think people talk about just how debilitating it can be. Whereas this seems to be going, all right, shit can get real weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, give it a watch when you get a second. Okay, cool. That's it, I think, trailers-wise. Cool. Right, fucking hell, we're barreling through this a bit quicker than I thought we would do. We've got lists to get to. We do have lists to get through. Yeah, yeah. we've got quite a bit to get through. Right, so let's let's fucking crack on. Let's fucking go. Uh, Babylon. Next time, try softer, okay? But why, my darling Pierre, why? Well, well, hey... Move that microphone 45 degrees, okay? That one, near first, okay? Come on. No, 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 no. Hey, amigo, it's not Manuel, it's Manny. Manny Torres, okay? Yeah. Okay, okay, vamos, vamos, ya, 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 vamos. Let's roll, people. Let's go. Take two. It's written and directed by Damien Chazelle uh, and stars Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, um, Diego Calvar uh, and a bunch of other people uh, crop up as the film goes along, including a weird Tobey Maguire. Um, 
What does what does IMDB say? It's a boot. Um, so it'll be Elijah Maguire Wood, as I called him earlier. Yes, because you yeah. remember which one it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, a tale of outsized ambition and outrageous excess, it traces the rise and fall of multiple characters during an era of unbridled decadence and depravity in early Hollywood. Right. We've all been looking forward to Babylon, to certain degrees. Mm. Um, and, yeah. Becky. <laughs> what did you think of Babylon. Well, I asked you, I think this highlights how I felt about Babylon. I asked you if I could put it in two different categories for our lists. Best picture for the first hour and most disappointing for the second couple. And you said no. So that really kind of highlights it. Um, Ian, you messaged us the other day about Babylon. And I was watching the start of this and I was thinking, what the fuck's Ian on about? He's fucking mental. This film is going to have to really, really work to not be in my top ten of the year. Boy, does it put a shift in. Because it, it, the, the, the the final the final well no the the whole of the the last two hours I would say are just boring as fuck baggy slow unengaging and just crap and it it it, it, it just made me really sad because if this was three hours of that first section of the movie this would have been in my this would have been competing for my top movie of the year this starts so strong and then just shits all over itself well yeah i don't know so i've been on a bit of a journey with babylon um my letterbox rating has gone from a two to a 3.5 it's never ever ever going above a 3.5 um this film is offensively long. Yeah. For for what what is actually in it, there is so much stuff in it that you could. There are characters you could cut out. Um, and the the thing is, he's obviously trying to do a grand tale of old Hollywood, and like bringing up and referencing all sorts of um of factors like the you know the trumpeter character, the lesbian relationship or the bisexual relationship. But it like those and those two characters at the center of those basically bring nothing to the overall impact of the film. Um, when the film is trying to do them, but is also focusing on Calvert, Robbie and Pitt. Um, Robbie, I, it is increasingly one trick for me. Mm. Um, and I found her character incredibly grating. Yeah, yeah. And I did not... And the, I there's not enough with her and Calver to sell what it is trying... Uh, what it, it's trying to have you buy in the last hour or so. I do not get why Calver helps her in that situation other than he like very very badly wants to fuck her yeah, but they then never does together that one time in a basement and she's pretty that's that's yeah his motivators yeah um but saying all this i think it's got some incredible standout bits the first half hour i i, I the first hour is banging mm. like you say um 
also i think that the dueling productions kind of the sequence is great the sound sequence and the guy who plays the assistant director pj burn is so good in that sequence when he finally just kicks off at the <laughs> end right. yeah. it is ace um and it's also got one of the best jokes involving a fart that i've ever seen <laughs> Oh, a guy in our screening fucking loved that. <laughs> like, I mean, just is it you? absolute, two guys absolutely incredible. It. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. So, yeah, the thing, it's got moments. Oh, also, Brad Pitt, that character arc was brutal. Like, yeah. when when he, 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 like, he kisses his uh, wife and it's just like, oh, I'm going to go upstairs. It's like, oh, God. Yeah, you know where he's why. going, don't you? He's, He's he's gonna he's gonna kill himself, and I don't understand why. I don't. A genuine. Okay, fine. He's starring in shit, but his wife loves him. Does she though? Because um, she's one of a string of wives. Hmm. I think that's supposed to be the thing. He's, his life is is empty, and everything in it is transient, with the exception of him being a beloved movie movie star. And that is gone it, it's, now. It, it's, so he it, has nothing left. It's the thing is, it's he he only has hill to roll down. Yeah. He's climbed to the top of it, and I think he's just it's it's the it's the it's the line that he says before is the I'm just tired. Yeah, when he's talking yeah. to Faye. Yeah, and he's like another another script, another movie, another relationship, another breakup. Yeah. I'm just tired. I think it's just a, yeah. can I can I be asked to do this, or I, I I have reached the pinnacle of what I can ever do. And do you know what? I just I can't be asked to do it. To, to... But he's already on the downward slope yeah. because, yeah. And he's not. It's not. That's it. It's not. It, it, nothing holds any glee for him anymore. That's it. That, that, this it... film is saved by Brad Pitt and Brad, Brad Brad Pitt as an actor and his talent, and Brad Pitt's character. And uh, just to, I mean, just to say on on, I just think it. I I almost think it would have been more effective if Brad Pitt's last scene was um, uh, Max Minghella calling him and him going, like, just be honest with me. Am I getting you out of a spot? And is it a pile of shit? And then it's just like, right, he's just accepted his lot that he's going to make shit for life. And then, like, if it was like a a headline came up at the end saying, like, uh, an old famous actor found dead at 50-something. I don't know, just... The whole way that it's like building up, like the one shot going up the stairs all the way through. I'm thinking, like, it's just going to kill himself. Just get on with it, then. All right, fine. Just su- dare, surprise me, please. Oh, no, you've just done that. Uh, also, sorry, I'm going to finish my monologue. The end sequence, which Chazelle said, like the whole montage stuff, was a relatively late addition, uh, I think was a massive fucking mistake. Yeah. Um, it makes the whole film feel like it's got ideas above its station it comes off as just incredibly fucking smug mm. which i know is not what he was going for mm. but that uh but and also avatar fuck's sake i, I don't okay. need any avatar in my babylon but it, it's interesting i was listening to an interview with chazelle last uh last week and there is just a bit of an air with him of I'm doing my thing. I'm celebrating the love of cinema. If people don't like it, they can fuck off. They like, and I. Well, well done. I people don't seem that. to like it, so you yeah, what you yeah, 
Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. It's like that ending, him watching Singing in the Rain, panning over all the people, like laughing and loving Singing in the Rain, and then him crying at it is enough. The thing is, though, there's so many points at which this film should have stopped. You know, it, <laughs> not just finished. Stopped. Just stop. I mean, just, you stopped. Stopped. When? What? What was the cut-off point you said when he slicked his hair back? No, no, I didn't say that. No, I said the movie becomes a different movie at a very specific point, and there is a marker within that where it becomes a very, very different movie. Yeah. And it is as it is when Manny slicks, starts slicking his hair back, it does become a different movie. Yeah. So even if, even if we're being generous and saying that after Manny slicks his hair back, it can have all its bloated bullshit, it should have ended when Brad Pitt shot himself. Then it should have ended when she walked off in... You know, if it wasn't going to end then, it should have ended when she walked off into the night. And then, if it wasn't going to end there, it should have ended when he was watching Singing in the Rain. If they were then going to have that montage of more modern movies, it should have ended at the end of that. Instead of then going back to him. What's that? He's sat there... What's that supposed to signify? He's sat there imagining all the future of movies. That's absolute bullshit. Why go back to him at that point? There's so many points at which they should have just gone, right, yeah, we're done now. It has too many different movies. It's fucking Lord of the Rings. The, the montage bit, I, I, I'll concede, I think is a... I think it, it, if there ends up being a director's cut of Babylon in a couple of years' time, I think the montage bit will have been taken out. Um, oh, uh, also, yeah. Um, oh, God. Sorry. Um, her walking off into the night. I don't know. It's just such a... I don't really know what to do with this character. And yeah. also, when that guy bursts in and shoots um, um, Manny's uh, mate and his yeah. his roommate, and Manny pisses himself, I genuinely... Why did he not shoot him? Because he pissed himself. Like, this is the thing. It's just... <laughs> the thing is, yeah, that, that, of... that, that there is... That it, it is... Well, I don't know why he doesn't unless he just yeah. unless he just likes it the bit the bit with the Margot I, I, Robbins because yeah. she says earlier in the film doesn't she at the end of it all I'm just going to fucking dance my ass off into the distance and no one will ever see me it, again it's a, it, it's, that's a callback it's an unnecessary callback and she's finally found something that could save her and make her happy and she fucking walks away from it like a cunt like the cunt of a character she it, is it's it's the it's the opposite but you're supposed to love her it's the opposite she's real of, 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 of then driving off at the sunset that's it's, what it is it, it's the opposite of of her of, of them driving off into the sunset. It is is her fucking essentially fucking dancing off into oblivion. Uh, Mark, what do you think? I, I I get the sense you liked it more than both of us. Uh, I yeah, I really liked it. Um, I it's a propulsion. Um, at the. At, at, the start it just absolutely just fucking goes for it um where you, the the, the it, it was never going to be able to keep up the pace the first hour for three hours because you would have people having heart attacks trying to fucking watch the damn thing but the thing is this is what i said to you when we came out if they'd condensed it it could have kept up a, a decent pace still told the story but being less boring kept and got the time down I don't, I don't agree. Um, I think that 
the opening has to be like that because it's showing you it, it gets the blood pumping it's showing you the the debauchery and the excess and the the kind of like the the ridiculousness that this created because at the time the movies were seen and it, it, it literally tells you within the film later on movies were seen as a lower form of art they weren't seen as art they were just entertainment for the lower classes you know in, in a very in a different time when you know entertainment wasn't for the lower classes you know and that that's that's what it was um and the thing is they're not showing you a lot of these guys you know making like they're not showing you chaplain or Buster Keaton and people like that but they they try to show you the the more fucking seedier side of the silent movies that isn't now that isn't now celebrated you know fucking criterion don't release those movies <laughs> that are there um it, it, it's showing you that, that that it was a a time of known decadence and debauchery but it, it has to do that so later on it can start having the element of well no this is when we had to start making it a more respectable thing mm. and it, it, it was starting to be it was right well now it's a big business rather than just a business that exists there yeah it now it now has to abide by these you know and not only that you had the you know societal reforms after the great depression and bits like that where you know conservatism was starting to come in you had the precursor to um you know essentially movies you know having you know being censored um you know that was coming up and bits like that it's I don't think it's a perfect movie by any stretch of imagination. And it is, you are watching it going, okay, so this is Chazelle's fucking New York, New York, Heaven's Gate. Without question. That there's, he's, he's got too much control and too much freedom to do what the fuck he wants. And he is absolutely going for it. And the thing is, if you if you are along for the fucking ride, then I think you you will get more out of it. If it doesn't, if if you aren't along for the ride, or the ride slows down too much that you go, do you know what? I can't be asked this anymore. I'm gonna get off now. Uh, then I fair a fucking enough. It is not a film that I'm gonna say no. People who are criticizing it are wrong because I, I don't think they are. You know, you, you there are good points raised. That, that have both been raised for what is wrong with this film, and I, I actually agree with all of those. But you were in the camp. I was in the fucking camp. Hey, yeah. Hey, look, it's a subjective it, thing, it, it, isn't it, it? It's just like I, I get, I recognise its faults. So I don't care. Fair I, play. I, I could have watched this. It's three hours long. You could have tacked a fucking another hour on. Oh, mate. And I'd have, all right, good for and, you. And, but no. I still fucking watched it. I'd have left you to it. Uh, that, that, that's fucking fine. <laughs> that's fine. But I was, I was enjoying spending time with this cavalcade of just shitty characters. Um, if you want to talk about fucking um, Oscar snubs, and I don't, because I fucking hate the phrase Oscar snubs. People get nominated, people don't. That's the fucking way of the world. Um, but Gene Smart is fantastic in this. Who that? Yes, yes, she is. Uh, Her, the, 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 you, a lot of the good of this movie is in the first 
90 minutes. Mm. I, I will give you that. And I do think that for me, the first 90 minutes of this movie is, um, is five out of five fucking banger. And then the second 90 minutes is, for me anyway, maybe a, a four. Which is why it comes out at a four and a half out of five for me. Um, and it, it is. It, the, the, the cut moment is when Manny starts slicking his hair back. Because he goes from being essentially um, Brad Pitt's PA, basically, to He's being... basically Brad Pitt's Brad Pitt in, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, yes. And I, and I like that about that. Mm. And I like his and Brad Pitt's relationship. They beco- He becomes almost less of an interesting character yeah, the more when he's become, not yeah. being bounced off Brad Pitt mm. uh, there. But... Um, but then you've got the scene between Brad Pitt and Jean Smart where he goes to chew her out. Yeah. But like not in a fucking sit down and how the fuck could you write this? Just a, come on. Mm. Uh, to her basically going, just delivering him some home truths and him going, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and then walking off. Yeah. And then just, I, I think he literally as he walks off says, you know, thanks. Thank you for that. Because she's right. Mm. And she's fantastic in that scene. Do you know what? I'm, I'm, the thing is, I'm fully aware that the reason why I'm so angry at this movie is because it starts so strong. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a promise of... You sat there like, we are in for a fucking ride. This is going to be amazing. And then it just fucking stalls and never restarts again. I, I, and it's it's really... It's... it's... Oh, go on. No. Continue. It's just really disappointing. That's, yeah, I, I never had that moment with it though. It never lost me. It never, I never got off the train with it. I, I, I kept fucking going. I do agree the montage bit is a little bit like, oh, this is clumsy. It's clumsy, I think is what it is. It's, if, it, if you said that, Ian, it, it was added late. Yeah. Yeah, if, if, that, if, if, if you've added that late, and that wasn't your original idea. It's a then then you should have known for that it was a bad idea because you, you haven't thought. Do you know what? This is going to look a little bit shitty and not make sense. What would have made more sense is for start, we didn't need um, the um, trumpet players where he went. You can cut that out. It's not really needed. I I don't even think. To an element you need fucking... I, I was thinking when um, Diego Calva goes back to fucking Hollywood. I was thinking, when it's panning around the cinema, I was thinking, oh, come on, don't show us him fucking going past like fucking Tom Maguire or Ethan Suppley in the fucking cinema. And then he gets offed. <laughs> or oh, that guy's there. I don't know how to um, respond to that. Thanks, Siri. Neither do I. Um, but it should... It, it, the way the movie should have ended without the montage with him fucking crying at the um, singing in the rain and then that little bit, that little corner bit it does at the end of the the, the, the sort of reprise of the party at the beginning. And then again, you should have shot across the screen with Babylon again and then just, that should have been it. Now, see that, after the, after the montage bit, after him crying and then it starts showing clips of the movies you've just watched, that was indulgent. Yeah, but... I, but I, 
I'm all right with the fucking movie that'd been indulgent at that point. I get that you wouldn't be, but I would. I was all right as somebody who's enjoyed it with that and going fuck it, fair fucking play. Just show us more of this fucking debauched party that was at the at the start of it. Bravo. It's in terms of the it being unnecessarily long. It essentially almost aggressively not wanting to get people to not like it. Um, I found it very similar in, in in that kind of tone to Under the Silver Lake. I don't know how to respond to that. Thanks, Siri. <laughs> Fuck you, hell. <laughs> you put me wrong my Siri, Becky. Because <laughs> you're wrong. And I, I found it similar to, to that. Another film that, that most people hate and I fucking love. It's quite good, though, isn't it? Under the Silver Lake is great, yeah. Yeah. I think that's where it differs. Oh, right, I get it. You don't like it. Disappointed in it. Yeah, I, I, well, like, fuck you guys because I really like it. We, we have, yeah, it's a special. I know, know the fuck you guys think was a joke. It's more a fuck you, Becky. <laughs> think of that. I've, I, yeah, I mean, I, look, I've gone, I've gone up to definitely not shit, but I'm like literally, I could actually see myself never watching it again. And it is emphatically seven out of ten, and nothing more than that. I could, I could see myself going to see this at the cinema again. Fuck, I don't, I don't have enough time in my life. I don't, but I could see myself going to the cinema again to watch this. <laughs> because mainly because I have tomorrow off, and I'm thinking I could, you know, I could. But why would you? Four hours out of your day. Because I liked it. Because I liked it. I like a movie that has the fucking chutzpah to go. Do you know what? Let's put the fucking title card like forty minutes into the fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. So your your shit, I'm guessing, Becky. I'm Tyra Banks meme. Your Tyra Banks meme. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, I'm I'm, I'm definitely not shit. It's actually moved up in my order on what is it? Oh, on my end of year list as a as a. As a sneaky little, what's it? <laughs> Insight into what's going to come up there. Um, so yeah, our audience poll: definitely not shit, sixty-seven percent, and touching cloth, thirty-three percent. Nice. Um, hey, Hannah, you know, I think you really can't be a good rewatch of a TV show. Would you agree with that, love? Oh yes, I would. Marvel's Agents of Shield. I think during, you know, global pandemics, storms, all of these things, it's quite nice to just sit down and burn through something that you've seen a million Absolutely times. Absolutely nothing like a binge watch. Star Trek. Babylon 5. Because you could sit there for hours looking at serial killer documentaries. Absolutely. Uh, that Netflix. doesn't make you a weird person uh, at all. It doesn't. Yeah, you could watch documentaries that all seem to be about women killing men. Love you, darling. You could put off watching Daredevil for the 30th time. Harry Potter. But really, you can't be immersing yourself in the warm jumper of a rewatch of a show of or a, a franchise. Beloved franchise. A beloved franchise. Lord of the Rings. Twin Peaks. From VHS compilations recorded off television with the ad breaks, cut out of course, to DVD box sets of Sex in the City and I don't know, Smallville. <laughs> Farscape Quantum Leap To giving up finding new content on Netflix And just having a comfort trawl through Star Trek The Next Generation Or Parks and Recreation I think that we can all agree There's a lot to be said for that You can't beat a good rewatch So 
with that in mind, join Emma and Mike from Chinstroker vs. Panzer as we burn through some of our favourite franchises and share our immediate reactions to each instalment in both spoiler and non-spoiler sections. To do that, do a search for The Rewatch Project with Hannah and Mike on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever your favourite podcast provider may be, or go directly to anchor.fm forward slash rewatch project. We are proud members of the Pod Syndicate family of podcasts. end of year um, year in review lists we do best of we do well we do our, our 10 best of our 10 worst of we do our five surprises biggest surprises and our five biggest disappointments surprises and disappointments cannot also appear on another list so your disappointment can't be on your worst your surprises can't be on your bests uh, we will do it as we normally do where we will go 10 9 8 and then we will do Disappointments, and then we will do seven, six, five, and we will do surprises, and then we'll do four, three, two, worsts, and then our number ones. Um, but I think before our number ones, um, me and Ian usually do our twenty-two elevens as well. That's just okay. That's just a little. That's fine. Oh, oh, do we do? Do we do that before? I think we usually do it do before. It before. Fuck it, yeah. yeah. Right. Before then, Ian, do you want to go from your 20 to 11? Yes, indeed. Okay, so my number 20 was uh, Resurrection, Rebecca Hall, Step on Me. Uh, 19, Barbarian, uh, one of the best times I had at the cinema this year. 18, Jackass Forever, They Did It. Uh, 17, Holy Spider. Mubi have picked this up. It is, I think it literally comes out in UK cinemas this Friday. Uh, it's going to be limited release. Uh, uncompromisingly bleak film, but very powerful. Uh, 16 is... 16? Yeah. She Said. Good. She Said is good. 15, Triangle of Sadness. 14, The Banshees of Inishirin. 13, The Fablemans. 12, Fresh. And my 11 is The Northman. Nice. Right. My 20 to 11. Number 20, Moonfall. Number 19, Clerks 3. Number 18, Beavis and Butter Do the Universe. 17, Bardo. At 16, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. 15, The Menu. 14, Fall. 13, um, Step on Ian, Resurrection. Hell yeah. Uh, number 12, Nope. And number 11, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. 
Good. Becky, do you want to start us with your number 10? Uh, my number 10, good. What? My number 10 of yeah, the yeah, good. good ones. Um, my... I literally just explained the rules of this. Yeah, I know, it sounded really confusing. <laughs> uh, my number 10 is uh, Top Gun Maverick. Um, it's your number 10? Yeah, as much as a fun of a fun ride as it is, it's not particularly weighty. I had a really good time with it. Um, I think it's more of a nostalgia enjoyment than anything else. Um, but I did fucking love it. So it gets it squeaks in there. It nearly didn't. But then I had to have a little word of myself and say, no, you really enjoyed it. So, yeah, number 10. Top Gun Maverick. Fair play. Fair play. Uh, Ian, what is your number 10? Uh, my number 10 is Turning Red. Um, so second viewing really did it for me on this one. I already really liked it. Um, it's Pixar not doing a sequel and not doing a, what if an emotion was an animal? What if a feeling was a cartoon character? Um, it, 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 it's a mix of women celebrating a culture, celebrating what's great about being a girl just entering puberty and is very funny, very entertaining, very charming. Um, And it's got some really fun pop songs by Billy Eilish and her brother. Um, I really, really like Turning Red. Um, Pixar just every now and then, you know, with like Luca as well, like they, they do some absolute bangers among what you know what is a very uneven run these days but tur- turning red is a bit of a highlight for me for pixar over the last few years so yeah number 10 nice um uh, my number 10 is elvis um i think we'll hear about this more going forward what becky <laughs> oh yeah um, i wonder who's going to be talking about elvis later but uh, what i will say is it's uh, for baz Luhrmann to for anybody to go out there and make an elvis biopic um is a it's a big task, you know. You've got to you've got to get it right, um, and then also for Baz Luhrmann, it's one of those where it almost feels too right. Like he he is the right person to do it, but you're thinking, yeah, he's the right person to do it, but he's going to fuck it up, yeah, because he's the yeah. right person to do it. I remember being so nervous going to see this after we just watched all the other fucking Baz Luhrmann movies, and then gradually getting worse and worse and less and less restrained. Yeah. And and the thing is, he he gets it. He gets it right. It, it's it's not a great Elvis biopic, but it's a very good film about Elvis. Hmm. Is what I would say there. Um, and I watched it. It's the it's the film I watched at the cinema twice this year because I watched it with with you. And then um, the following week, I was visiting Noel in uh, yes. Manchester, yeah. and uh, we went to see it again. Because no, I hadn't seen it, and I was like, I'm happy to go and see it again. Um, you know, so I watched it twice back to back, and I wasn't in any way kind of like, well, oh. only watched this last week. Um, <laughs> during the screening, I was really enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, again on a rewatch, so had a great time with it. Um, yeah, that was my number ten. What's your number nine, Rebecca? My number nine is weird. The Al Yankovic story. All right. Um. I just think the, 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 the conceptually, like doing just a straight up biopic of him would have would have still been interesting. 
but the way that it just it's just absolutely just plays with the whole concept of a biopic um by you know changing the lyrics and keeping the tune but it's i just think it's really fucking clever and i think daniel radcliffe's really good in it very good ian what's your number nine um, number nine is Living, so the Bill Nighy-led uh, remake of Ikiru, which is just a lovely tribute to trying to do what you can in life to make things better for the people around you, you know, and in the kind of, like, the ways that you can. Like, do you have to cure cancer? No. Do, you know, do you, can you just do something nice like get a playground for kids off the ground if you're in the if you're in the position to do it yeah um Nighy is uh really really wonderful in it um just so soft-spoken and heartbreaking like never ever has a big scene it's just good understated stuff entire cast is lovely and it's got a great look to it as well um it's a very small film and I'm very glad that it picked up a couple of Oscar nominations because it easily could have um, gotten uh, like shoved under the carpet a little bit. But um, yeah, just a lovely, a lovely little bit of work. Um, very, very well-intentioned. And it, uh, yeah, I left the cinema just with a bit of a buzz after watching it. So yeah, living really, really good. Glad it, glad it's I found a place for it. Yeah, very much. one of the films that I'm, a little bit annoyed that I didn't get yeah. round to before our end of year list because it, it, everybody whose movie opinion I trust has spoken very, very highly of it, which makes me a lot more excited about it. Yeah, I'm keen mm. to see it. It's definitely on the list of ones to watch before the Oscars, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I question you. Um, my number nine is The Northman. Um, I, I'm not a big computer game player, but this feels a bit like a computer game that I would um, probably not enjoy playing, but I would enjoy someone telling me about. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna say it, it feels quite a lot like God of War, which I bought you a copy of. The thing is, um, I, I have, I have intentions to play computer games. I'm, I'm, I, but, but I just, I struggle with them. You're not good with story-based ones, are you? Because you don't come back to them consistently. So there could be like a big gap between when you'll play and when you'll play again. Mm. Then you forget all the controls yeah, and that. the story. That, yeah. That, yeah. Whereas and FIFA, it's just like, oh, we're playing football again. But even FIFA, I just don't really care about anymore. No. I think I just don't care about gaming. My issue is, I, it, it's a thing. Modern gaming, uh, gaming has outgrown me. It's moved beyond where I can be with it. I think that's why I'm enjoying Devil May Cry 5 as much as I am. Because it's just like, it's just like playing Devil May Cry. But, you got that on the old PlayStation Plus, have yes, you? But, yeah. but I was, in, I yeah, was nice. in the room when you first started playing that, and I was reading. Ah, oh, well, well, I can't read. Uh, what are they doing? So much the film, my iPad. I don't know what you were. You can't be reading. You can't read. I know. Seems weird. But I was, I was in the room, and it did seem like you were playing it for like forty minutes before you actually I fucking played explained it. Explained this to you. There is a recap on there of the first four games. Why did you need it previously on a game? Because there's a lot of mythology in the Devil May Cry world about the demons and the brothers and the people that are with them. Do you know what? I'd much prefer to watch The Northman and pretend it's a game I'm playing. Okay. Hold the controller. 
Fair enough. Pretend, you, pretend you have an attention span. Yeah. And I have a great attention span. That, that, that's why I can watch movies and not get bored. Yeah, movies and are like two hours long. Games are like... That's not about attention span. Eh? That's not about attention span. Yes, it is. No, it's not. You don't have the attention span to hold a story in your brain for that long. It's not about that. I just get bored of watching cutscenes. Um, You're an idiot. I prefer to watch an entire cutscene and just call it, you know, a movie. Um, for that there yeah so like that the the scene the sequence within the um, the ship bit where it's him fighting a ghost that's really good it's yeah. fantastic yeah, yeah it is bloody good yeah um, and the, the, I think I, I think an issue with it is that scene is better than the end scene mm. but the end scene is batshit which mm. is just two dickheads I'll be a fighter of a volcano. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that was my that was my number nine. What's your number eight, Rebecca? My number eight is the Banshees of Inisherin. Alright. <laughs> Ian had his in his eleven twenty. I know. Um I really enjoyed it. I think um you know your your explanation of what it's actually about is is fine, but if you don't get that reference it weakens the movie and you shouldn't need to have that context to understand the movie. It should it should either stand alone or explain itself a little bit better. Um, but I think all the performances are really good. I know you think Colin Farrell's is particularly strong. I think his supporting cast is probably stronger um, because I think Barry, Keoghan, Kerry Condon and Brendan Gleeson are all really, really fucking good. Whereas I think, you know, and yes, he is supposed to just be the kind of central point that all these things float around and they have more to do than him, but they have more to do than him. So they're more striking as performances. So, what? But he also gets two of the three big moments within the movie. That's fine. And when you get to it in your list, you can talk about that. Okay, I fucking will. Stop interrupting me. I'm not. I put my hand up and waited. Um, but yeah, you know, despite that, despite the fact that I don't think it's a fucking five-star banger in the movie of the year, I still think it's very, very good. So, yeah. Fine. Fine. <laughs> um, my number eight is Weird, the Al Yankovic story. <laughs> nice. Um, just had a great time with it. Yeah, it's really fucking good. I, I like the fact that, it, that, apart from the fact that he is, <laughs> he is Weird Al and he plays the accordion, none of the rest of it is fucking <laughs> true. And I, I really enjoyed that. I... Love the fact that Emma Rachel Wood turns up as Madonna and Madonna just ends up becoming a drug lord. Yeah, and in real life, didn't you meet like once for five minutes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And apparently, um, when um, they contacted Madonna about doing this, her response was, I don't care. <laughs> just, I don't care. Yeah, well, she's gone fucking weird, hasn't um, she? Yeah, I, I, I again love the fact that. Um, that Daniel Radcliffe decided to get ripped for this movie. For no reason. For no reason. Yeah. <laughs> just They just thought it would be funny if Weird Al was ripped. <laughs> Good. It's great. <laughs> and it's just, again, I, I love the fact that, that Weird Al, uh, that, that, that Daniel Radcliffe is just out there doing this fucking weird shit. Just, just doing whatever he thinks is going to be fun. It's such a that there's so many like quotable moments in it as well. Yeah. Like, um, the you know the one day I'm gonna be the best, 
or perhaps not technically the best, but arguably the most famous accordion player in an extremely specific genre of music. <laughs> and then it comes and back. And that comes up a few times. Yeah. Know? It's just a great amount of fucking fun. Um, I mean, the, the Thomas Lennon the as the accordion salesperson and his dad beating the living hell out of him. <laughs> yeah, that's so uncomfortable as well. <laughs> then the music, like any background music stops as well, doesn't it, while he's getting... While it's he's just getting, the accordion yeah. just blaring out. Yeah. Yeah, great fucking time. Um, number eight, film of the year. <laughs> Level of good time. Um so yeah, fuck how we rattle through them a little bit fucking quick. <laughs> I haven't done my number eight, mind. Did I jump ahead of you there, Ian? Don't worry. Oh, I'm really sorry about that. I genuinely didn't realise I jumped ahead of you. Sorry about that. Ian, What's your number eight. You're all right. Number eight. I feel really yeah. bad now. That's no, right. He'll just take another CBD gummy. He'll be living his best life. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, my number eight is uh, Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. Hmm. Um, uh, I just was supremely entertained by it. I thought it was clever. Um, I thought it was of the day. Um, a lot of people don't seem to vibe with it, which is, and the critical consensus turning against it was kind of interesting considering in a press screening full of ostensible critics that I saw it in, everybody, like everybody was fucking laughing their asses off. So, hmm. Um, but yeah, I. It's um, once you have to I, I, cool points on the internet, it changes. Yeah, quite, yeah. Once once it was determined, oh, you're not actually, you're going to lose cool points if mm. you like Glass Onion, then um, it, it changed. But no, I, I thought it was clever, thought it was really entertaining. Um, it, it surprised me. It. Like it, 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 it was smarter than me, which I also think a lot of people don't like. And yes, uh, that's, hey, that's yeah. a very good point that pe- people people don't like to feel that a movie's smarter than them. When let's face it, a lot of movies are smarter than most people. Yeah, and uh, hey, you know the the characters are broad, but they were in Knives Out as well, and everybody fucking loved that. So there you go, number eight, Glass Onion, really entertaining. Mm. Becky. We're going to move on to our surprises. Sorry, our disappointments. Our disappointments. Yes. So rather than going back and forth with this, yeah. we're just going to go through the five. Okay. Uh, just because it's going to be a lot of bounce around there. Yeah, so disappointments is a weird category, isn't it? It's it's not, it's not necessarily bad, bad but it's just ones that you had too high hopes for. Yes. So my number five is Firestarter. I... It's a it's a good story. It's a the, the um what's it what's the name? Kid. Hey. Kid. No, no. Drew Barrymore. The, the Drew Barrymore adaptation from ages ago is a decent enough time. But it it, it was one of no, yeah. It's not great. It's it's, it's a decent enough time. I think if you've read the book, the story, and it's it's one of those that was you know they remake some things and it's like well it's, it's already good why why not remake the shit ones? Well this was one of the shit ones to remake and I, I, I really expected this to be at least better than the Drew Barrymore one and it is so fucking weak that it it was just like like drinking weak dilute like dilute that you would make I make dilute in the correct way you should make dilute juice no you don't um, but yeah it's just it's just so fucking it just it, it, it barely scratches the surface of its own story and you just come out of it going all right, okay, that that happened for the last few hours. Cool. So, it, and, it, and it could have just been so much better. Even, even like, 
the source material isn't the strongest Stephen King written. I will concede to that. But you can take that as a jumping off point. Was, was it Cocaine King? It might have been, I'm going to write a book about a stapler, period, King, yeah. Um, but, you know, Shawshank Redemption is a short story, as is Stand By Me. Some of his best movies are based off skeletal material that is then fleshed out. The same could have been done with Firestarter. There's a story in there, there's a movie in there that is better than, than that fucking piece of shit that we got. My um, number four is Deepwater. Um, <laughs> Michael Begay. Michael um, This could have been so good. Like an erotic psychological thriller starring Ben Affleck and Anna de Armas, who were in a relationship at the time that it was made. Yeah. Why was this so fucking shit? There is just no reasoning behind it. But as it'll come up again, I will move on. Uh, my number three is Crimes of the Future. Guess. <laughs> not because I necessarily thought it was bad because I did quite in, I, did, I did quite like it well likes maybe the wrong word I appreciated it but I had such high hopes for it that I don't think it was ever going to live up to it but it looked like it was like you know going back to the heyday of and it didn't my number two is Babylon. I'm so sorry. Even the cat's trying to put his hand up your mouth right now. No, he's not. Is that the cat? He's making that weird, like me, squeaking like, like, noise. Like squeaking noise, yeah. Yeah, nice. He's, um, yeah, it, it, I had really high hopes for it based off of the trailer, then I had really high hopes for it based off of the first hour, and then it just shattered my dreams. So that's why, that's why that's number two. Um, and then my most disappointing movie of the year is Don't Worry Darling. Might come up again. Because... Might come up oh, again. <laughs> that trailer made it look so fucking good. Yeah. So fucking good. Like, I'd rather watch the trailer over and over again than ever watch that movie again. And it had pew, pew, pew. And she's, you know, Harry Styles is a charismatic presence. Chris charismatic Styles is, is a charismatic presence on stage. Yeah, yeah, and then, and then you knew, but you knew, didn't you? Could feel your hope getting stripped away as you got closer and closer to the release date with all the stuff that was coming out about it, and you just knew, but you were still hanging on to a thread of hope, and then it was just like, nah, you, your instincts were right. It's a piece of shit. It has, it, it, it it's not as weird as the trailer makes it look it's not as important as it thinks it is it doesn't have a message that's of any kind of coherent execution it's just shit Ian what are your five biggest movie disappointments of 2022 uh, so my number five is After Sun just because <laughs> everybody said it was great I think it, like, it's I think it's fine <laughs> but but just like but, not not the fucking you know why is it being nominated the, for best picture film <laughs> if the internet's boyfriend wasn't in it I genuinely don't think people would 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 have seen it or would Keanu. care about is it he not the no he's boyfriend. the internet's daddy oh okay <laughs> that's fair yeah that's a good distinction um, and number four is don't worry darling like you said Bex that trailer um, that first trailer was great 
started getting a bit worried with the second trailer mm-hmm. and then it was that film um I mean, like, I kind of shouldn't have been surprised because I'm obviously not on um, Olivia Wilde's wavelength. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, it's just, I don't know, it's a mid-budget studio film with a kind of, like, a sci-fi concept starring young, hot people. It should be better than what, what it is. Um, so, yeah. My number three is Disenchanted. Um, the Enchanted sequel that genuinely, like, Donna had been waiting, like, 15 years for, and it's just such a wet fart of a film. Um, musical numbers that are just going one ear and out the other. Um, Amy Adams, like, basically doing a photocopy version of the, of the character from the first one, and just a bit, bit of a lack of production value and it's really long as well it, it, it's a marked step down from what I've everything I've heard of this I think you said it as well Ian, that it, it, it's just it felt lazy it felt like all they had to do was just show up and put yeah. out whatever they want and people would go oh, brilliant it, yeah it's really the minimum version of what you'd expect that film to be Maya Rudolph is decent as the bad guy I'll say that she's alright Eminem's my um, but but then also the bad guy is also Amy Adams. It's it's yeah, it's really fucking messy. Uh, my number two is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness um, because this is Sam Raimi. It's fair. Um, point, yeah. yeah, you expected more. <laughs> um, it yeah, it has its moments. The idea of him kind of like almost like jumping into the corpse of the one multiverse Doctor Strange and. Like, kind of like raising it from the dead and all that kind of Mm. stuff, you know, great. You've got some Sam Raimi kind of like shots in there every now and then, but it also needs to be uh, an MCU film and quite a convoluted one at that. Um, Was a shame. Uh, My number one disappointment, um, to be like very, very nearly was in my worst, but... I, I kind of decided that it was more disappointing than the worst uh, Dashcam. Um, I forgot Dashcam was I, this year. Yeah. Um, oh God, yeah. Really, really like Host. I'm really looking forward to uh, Rob's new film, which by uh, was supposed to be going straight to streaming, is now getting a theatrical release based on test screenings, which is exciting. Uh, so the Bogeyman... Um, uh, Rob's new one really really looking forward to it um, but I yeah I don't I, I don't know what they were thinking with this and, and you know I mean like it was you know um, Jed Shepard and Gemma Hurley as well like wrote wrote it um, but it it feels like they were in thrall to a really not nice person and I'm not I really don't know what happened with this um just a, a like a, a, a noxious film to watch, and I get that there was an intention behind that, but I, I, there there was just a part of me that's just grow up. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's it's effectively one of my other lists that remembering that film mm. was out this year. Yeah, same. <laughs> thanks, Ian. Thanks for the reminder. All right. What about you, Mark? Okay, so my number five uh, biggest disappointment was Deep Water. Uh, again, a an erotic uh, thriller 
by Adrian Lin, um, that stars Ben Affleck and Ida Armis, should uh, have been a lot better and a lot more tantalising. Um, then when it works out that, oh, it's actually a, 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 a less erotic thriller, more a cuckold drama, and essentially we are viewing it... F- you know, as feeling a little bit like we're being cuckolded by the actual movie itself. It's a little bit like, and it's this film is aggressively long <laughs> because it feels like it's a three and a half hour movie, and it's actually just under two hours for some reason. Fucking hell! Yeah, uh, but I was yeah disappointed. It's not. It's not fucking terrible. It's just not very good. Um, number four, uh, Crimes of the Future. Uh, I I just I wanted to feel more towards it I wanted it to either have made me feel icky or made me feel uncomfortable or made me think and what it actually did was made me go it's a bit boring this Mm. and that was about it it's not bad it's just it's a bit if, if if we're talking about memes, it's a little bit Alan Partridge meme. It's just a bit. Yeah. So what? Yeah, fair enough. So what? Um, and it's it's a. This is it is more of a. This is why digital photography isn't always great. It, it just looks something yeah, that yeah. icky shouldn't look that clean. Clean. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And it, it just those two things don't marry together. You you can't have something icky that looks that shiny. Mm. It just it didn't. Yeah, no. It's like um um, which almost made my disappointment list Hellraiser, um, where it's like you and I. It's weird coming from me, and I said it in the review. I wanted that film to be rougher visually than it was. Yeah. And it does. It's, Movies like that should have a... They should look a little bit like they are... Resurrection does it. Resurrection's shot digitally. But it feels a little bit... It, it, the cinematography in it has that feeling of this is something that is a little bit... That You know, mm. that feeling of the... the, the nasty... It has that video nasty feel to it. That feel of almost like, do you know what? I shouldn't be watching this. Mm. Not, this looks like an ITV drama. (laughs) Um, My number three is Thor, Love and Thunder. Um, A movie that is the visual representation of its director being incredibly entertained by his own self. Mm. And taking the entire cast along with him. Um, it's a shame because Marvel finally for the first time in a few movies got a good villain but he was in a different movie to what this movie is yeah Yeah. Um, wasted and the problem is the movie that the villain's in is a damn sight better than the movie that the rest of the cast are in when when it is funny and occasionally it is funny um, it's nowhere near as funny as the movie wants you to think it is when the movie thinks it's fucking funny it's just not that 
funny. No. Um, and yeah, it's it also is tempered. I think it's also enhanced by the fact that because nobody was saying to take away TT, oh my god, this is brilliant. It's one of the best new Marvel movies. I had so much fun, and it was like it, it wasn't wasn't what Ragnarok was for him or bigger than Ragnarok was for him he kind of very much went ah don't give a fuck don't like him anyway it was a bit like yeah, that yeah yeah it was a bit like wow so you can take all of the praise in the world but somebody fucking criticises you and you do not take it very well do you take your boy <laughs> um, yeah it's a little bit that the, the internet's favourite uncle did not respond to that very well he did not. Mm. Um, number two, uh, biggest disappointments uh, is Char Char Real Smooth. Oh God! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think you were only disappointed in this because it was an average movie and it had what's her face in it, Dakota Johnson. No, so you wanted her to get her tits out. Not, that, Johnson didn't get her Dakotas out. No, it's true. Is that why you were disappointed? No, no I'm not disappointed. That. There's, there's, there's plenty of movies I can watch where Johnson's Dakota ass is there. Um, but it, it's just everybody. It's a little bit similar to the after something with Ian. Yeah. Everybody was fucking raving about this, and then I watched it and went, "Oh, who's Cooper Wraith, and how did he get these people to be in this movie? Uh, yeah. And why does he think that?" That anybody gives a shit. Mm. It, it's just that. It's not bad. It's perfectly all right. But it's but it's very much a wait. Why do I care? <laughs> and who who allowed this man to make this movie? Because it does feel like he made a movie to basically go. Look, I'm really nice. I'm really nice. I'm nice enough to get Dakota Johnson. But I don't wanna. Oh, is it a nice guy movie? It is a. Oh it's yeah, a nice it's a guy nice guy movie. movie. And you can't. He's just, so yeah. nice, Bex. You won't believe how fucking nice that yeah, guy is. Yeah, is. He is aggressively nice. He's so nice that when Dakota Johnson actually wants to sleep with him, he's like, "No, I don't want to do it. Too nice. No." But then does he go on the internet and, and bitch about girls that don't like nice guys? He, he probably would. Mm. In, 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 yeah. in the sequel. You just go for chads. Yeah, which would probably be called cha-cha real fucking sandpaper on your balls. Nice. It's a mouthful. Yeah. Yes, probably not going to get picked up. Uh, and my number one, yeah, don't worry, darling. Uh, we should have worried. It's just... Like you said, Ian, it's... It's a a high concept sci-fi with easily enough budget to make the movie by somebody who clearly has talent with a cast of people who clearly have talent, um, but it gets the key thing wrong. The male lead might be a brilliant pop star and... Seems like an okay dude, but has no filmatic screen presence whatsoever. Mm. And constantly you are watching it going, you look like a boy. Mm. The thing is that he's not the lead. But he's the male lead. Mm. You look like a boy. Yeah. Whereas Florence Pugh looks like 
a woman. A woman. <laughs> and it, it, it's that. I don't see why she would. He must be. The program must have made him great at head. Just really fucking good at head. And that's it. Mm. Uh, it's just. It's just. The big reveal is kind of like. Again, it's like. Alright, fine. Just, I can't even remember what the big reveal was. It's always like a program. Eh? It's always like a program, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. It's just. It, it, it should have been a lot better than it was and it's not and it, it's, it does seem like it's because it, because of the filmmaker rather than the film mm. Mm. so yeah so back in the game of movies that we did like Becky what is your mm. number 7 best movie of 2022 uh, my number 7 is The Menu Oh, nice. Nice. Really fucking liked it. I thought the whole like central concept of like they've, they've just, the, all the chefs and everything have just gone, right, tonight's the night. We are fucking killing these fuckers. Tonight we're going to do it. And like the rest of the time they've been serving just normal like set menus to people because, and that's how they've got this reputation and then tonight's the night. I'm trying to think that, 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 that the John Leguizamo character at one point was going to be Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny. That would have been and, interesting. But he was going to be playing Daniel wow. Radcliffe. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and the movie, I believe, that he did like was Swiss Army Man. <laughs> oh, it's great, Swiss Army Man. <laughs> but turned it against him was Swiss Army Man, apparently. That was mm. going to be it. But for some reason, they couldn't quite make it work, so they decided to go for a fictional character. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, shit, Leg was Armour. Leg was Armour's great, anyway. yeah. It just... It's just fucking great, and it's clever, but it's not condescending, and it's beautifully acted by everybody involved. And at the end, they get turned into smalls while she eats a takeout cheeseburger. What? What's oh, not yeah. to love? Yeah, that, yeah, fucking fair play. I, I, it probably should be higher on my fucking list, actually. That's a yeah, that's, that's a, a great call. Good shout out. Yeah, it's the fifteen on mine, but yeah, you, you, you're right. Ian, what's your number seven? My um, number seven is Ty West's Pearl. Ooh, um, nice. Yeah, um, it just really, really kind of blew me away. Um, I, I haven't rewatched X, and at this point in time, it wouldn't be anywhere near my top twenty. Um, but Pearl, it's just uh, Mia Goth just doing some bravura shit, some just incredible kills in it. The Technicolor, like cinematography aspect it's of it, funny, it? coupled, yeah, coupled with what is actually happening on screen, is ace, and it's just, it's got that kind of like that slightly depraved angle that X has got, but I, I, I think the filmmaking style and the performance, it is just leagues better. Um, I yeah. Really, really blown away by Pearl and um, that monologue yeah, as re- well. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the monologue's absolutely banging. The um, final shot. And I mean, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, just to say, the Rebecca Hall monologue in Resurrection is is awesome as well. And just like every now and then, cutting back to that woman, just like looking at her, just like what the fuck. Um, but yeah, the Pearl. Um, but actually, both have people thinking what the fuck. Um, 
brilliant. Really looking forward to Maxine. Good, yeah, good on Ty Western Mirgoff. Yeah, they, they, they've managed to. So it's managed to have a really good comeback this year by throwing out two really interesting movies and seems to be very much in a groove. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my number seven is Ambu L.A. Ants. <laughs> um, just a fucking really good time. Um, it, it's that's, that's, that's kind of all I've got to say on it. It's just fun. It's a good time. It's Bear doing what Bear does best. I really like this movie. I really like this movie, yeah. It's high octane. It's a proper fucking action thriller that is... It's not relying on, well, let's go to fucking space. It's not relying on it being about a superhero. It's not relying on it being about a toy that has balls. Uh, It's all of these things. It it is just... No, fuck it. I'm just going to make... I'm going to go back to what made me. And I'm going to bring fucking Jakey G in a roll neck with me. <laughs> and and I, I just, I enjoy how much Jake Gyllenhaal enjoys being in movies at the moment. Mm. And he seems like he was having a great time in this. Um, it's just fucking fun. And it's, again, it's, there was one of two movies, and I can't remember the other movie, that uh, that used drones a lot. Mm. And the other one is I can't Emancipation. Emancipation. That's it. We didn't have drones back in those and, days. And, and, uh, <laughs> thank you, Siri. Fucking hell. Uh, is the the Anton must have watched Ambulance, <laughs> like, and watched it and gone, shit, <laughs> <laughs> because Bear just uses them better. What was that other Jake Gyllenhaal film that came out this year? The Netflix one. Guilty. Oh, the guilty. Was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Ambu LA Ants is my number seven. Uh, what's your number six, Rebecca? My number six is 13 Lives. All right. Wow. Really, really enjoyed 13. Well, hmm. enjoyed. Appreciate it. You're allowed to enjoy it? I don't it? know, because it's so fucking tense, though, that you don't really enjoy it, do you? We've all seen it, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, I, th- I think the the way that it keeps the tension up of what's going on in that fucking cage, and the way cage cave, um, and the way that it kind of has you feeling like you're in the tunnels with them as they're going to try and rescue the boys, is it's just really skillfully done. Um, and yeah, and it's it's just you're watching it like ah, there's no way they're getting these boys all of them out if if I'm like I didn't you don't know the full I vaguely knew of the story because I knew of it largely I think through the Elon Musk what a fucking cunt connection at the time mm. but I didn't know how mm. it panned out at the end and you, you watch that then there's no way they're getting all of these boys out and then when they do it's like proper like punch the air moment and it, it, I just I just really fucking loved it it's it's got like the cheesy happy ending payoff but it's true. It, it, it's, it, it was one of those films where I watched I was like, do you know what? This is better than I expected this movie to actually be. Yeah. It's more more entertaining than yeah. I expected this movie to be. Ron Howard managed to make a kind of almost backdrafty and entertaining yeah. movie. Like a Hollywood adventure, not, not adventure, like an action-y kind of movie out of 
some boys being trapped in a flooded cave. Yeah, which I think had they all fucking died, he probably wouldn't have been able to do that. Oh no, no. But yeah. But yeah, really, it really like it affected me more than I anticipated. Cool. Ian, what's your number six? Number six is Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Um, I, th- I think it's a love, just lovingly crafted bit of work that adapts Pinocchio with new shit. Um, Pinocchio's a little dickhead. Geppetto yeah. um, doesn't really like him that much and they have to learn to like each other, which I enjoy. Um, the uh, I... I I think that Jiminy Cricket in it is great. Um, it's just it, it's Pinocchio with a Del Toro lens, and it makes it a film worth watching and worth giving a shit about, at least for me. Um, and yeah, I was just I, I just really really taken with it. I think the things that it's got to say about um, you know, being disruptive in the right moments is, is just very different. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's very much in the light of the other Pinocchio as well. But I, I, I just think it's a, a wonderful bit of work, and um, I'm looking forward to it winning best animated feature. I know you guys didn't like it as much, but hey, there, there we go. I, I, I really I still liked give it. Four out of five on Letterboxd. I, I, I did like it. Just okay. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the fact that it, it's it's stop animation, I just I can't get on with it. See, for me, I, I liked it, but I'm just, I'm, I'm so overhearing the Pinocchio story. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. If it was the first one ever, then I'd probably be like, this fucking slaps, but I don't know, it's just too familiar, I think. Hmm. And you didn't watch the Disney's Pinocchio, did you? No, I'm not going to. Yeah. It might drop up later on. <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. When you get knocked down, you gotta get back up. I ain't the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I know enough to know. If you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. I live my brain with rock good whiskey. Till my pain was chicken fried. I had dudes with badges frisk me. Teach me how to swallow pride. I took advice no fool would take. I got some habits I can't shake. I ain't the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I know enough to know. If you're gonna be dumb, Gotta be tough. Uh, oh, my number six. Uh, Jackass Forever. When you get knocked down, you what? Know <laughs> what? I'm not saying anything. I haven't seen it, so I can't comment. No, you can't. Um, yeah, I, I, I just. I, I'm a big fan of, of, of Jackass. Uh, it, it's a movie that I don't think anybody really expected to happen. No, and I think if you do, if you like Jackass, and then years later they come up with a sequel, there is always going to be that fear of are they, are they too old for this shit now? Is this going to just be shit? And when you watch it, it's like thank fucking god for that. <laughs> if it's good, it is, and it's just it was. 
I like the fact that it was just a jackass movie, but they kind of accept the fact that we're a bit old, and they get the they get the new characters coming into it right. They're all pretty fucking. They're all fun enough. None of them are. God, I fucking hate that. Um, it's like maybe maybe it it was a surprisingly sweet movie, which makes no sense whatsoever. But maybe that's because Bam isn't there just being nasty. Um, to it, it's just it felt like right. No, this is this is probably the right time to stop. Now we're all going to be crushing over into fifty years old. Maybe it's the right time to stop. But yeah, I just I didn't expect for it to hit me as emotionally as it did. And I think it's because of when it came out. It came out early January, I think it was. But like, yeah, but you know, we're going back to January where now January last year. In terms of the fact that where we were. It was a very different place to now. You know, we had the weed. The club was still there. You know, we, we, we only just stopped wearing masks again, and we never thought we had lockdowns over Christmas. And there was there was still this 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 feeling of that mm. um, of that tension was still there, and that hasn't completely gone, but it has largely gone. Let's be honest. No, well, there'll not be a lockdown again for COVID. Um, but it, it still felt it was still over the shoulder, and then. Oh, don't. And then um, Jackass Forever came out, and it was just, it was exactly what it was. It was a barb of a movie. For Gloriously me. anarchic and stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And I liked that. <laughs> and the fact, the fact that you've got this movie about these fucking idiots, and yeah, and I mean, a great fucking production fucking house names, Dick House, and their, their fucking, their idents are always great. It's just, they are idiots, but they're all, they all seem like they're actually quite good dudes. Well, the thing is, well, they're idiots you've grown up with to an extent. Yeah, you spent 20 years with them. Yeah, yeah. I'm defending a film that I don't, I don't agree with you putting in your top 10. Yeah, but yeah, Jackass Forever, just for, as very much a, that is probably the most self-indulgent on my list, but it's my <laughs> list. <laughs> Yeah, that's how, that's how so, I've done my top five. That's it. I, I, I will never... It's the greatest showman effect for me. From now on, it's just like, what made me fucking feel that's it. great? I, I, I will never put anything in because I feel like I should or take anything out because I look at it and go, but I mean, really? Am I genuinely saying that Jackass Forever is better than, let's say, The Menu? Yeah, I am. Fuck it. <laughs> it is, yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah, so I'm fine with it. Um... Yeah, Becky, what is your number five? My number five has just changed, actually. Oh! Because of the greatest showman effect. Um, Bones and All is my number five. It's moved down in the list. Oh, fuck you then. (laughs) No, because I think it's a very good film. But did it make me feel as good as the film that was previously number five and has now bumped up to number four? Did I enjoy it as much? No. Is it better? Yeah, probably. Fair enough. But Bones and All. And Timothy Chalamet is so pretty. Come back up later on. Yeah, mate. Uh, but yeah, Bones and All, number five. I'm not going to talk too much about it because I know it'll come up and you will wax lyrical about it for a while. Ian, what's your number five? 
uh, RRR. Pretty sure it's going to come up later. Um, yeah, uh, at, you know, it's an absolute banger. It's it just it's three hours of fun and silly stuff and serious stuff and songs and dance and insane action sequences and it it's a movie the movie yeah. movie the movie is the is the best description i've heard of that movie it is perfection oh nice that. but yeah yeah Frank, number five love that movie the movie <laughs> uh my number five i didn't see mine now don't i yeah i'm losing track of this yeah uh it's math um, it's not really math, is it? It's a little bit. Calvin's yeah. got numbers of it as shit. It's Words, just, algebra. Just um, numbers, Top Gun Maverick uh, is my number five. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's the thing is, it, it's the longest. I, I, I am right in saying this. It's the longest ever between a movie being made and a sequel being made. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, I think it it, it, it it's longer than fucking Hustler to Color of Money. Mm. Um. Avatar to Avatar 2. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, quite. And the thing is, it was one of those where it was being promised for so long because of COVID and all these bits. Mm. And they kept holding back on it and going, no, no, we're not releasing it. This is going to be in the cinema. And, you know, you get the feeling that that was very much Cruise. Like, that somebody at one point said to Cruise, look, we've got this idea. And he went, tell you what, hang up the phone. Right, call me back, and just just don't, don't ever fucking mention this again, because I can have you killed. <laughs> um, and yeah, and I do my own stunts, so it'll probably be me. Yeah, <laughs> I you know, see Mission Impossible movies. Yeah, just say. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's but then it manages to be fucking really entertaining. Mm. Without just rehashing um, the tropes from the first one, um, it, it manages to incorporate an entire new team into it. I think for me, the reason it's not higher is that, with the exception of that chap that you and Ian thinks really Glenn Powell, Glenn Powell, I think the supporting cast's weak. But I disagree with you. Uh, it managed to put Louis Pullman's great. Lewis Pullman. Bob. Oh, Bob. But he's fine. So what, he's, the, he's just kind of there, the, isn't he? And Miles Teller's not as good as he could be. What about the guy who's with Cruz who gives him that thumbs up and the smile at the end? He's brilliant. It's great. I, I, I completely disagree with you. You're wrong, Becky. Uh, I just don't... You've not got, like, a goose in there, have you? Like, you've, you've not got... You've literally got goose's yeah. Chicken or whatever the fuck he's called. He's not a goose. You don't have goose, but you have talk to me, goose. Yeah. It's just, it, it's, uh, uh, Top Gun Maverick, again, it, the thing is, people, another reason why I think it would be a great Oscar winner is we all were looking forward to going back to the cinema. But there was a whole tranche of people who maybe were looking forward to going back to the cinema, but had not gone back to the cinema yet. And it's not even that they didn't feel comfortable. It's just that they'd got out of the habit Mm. of going there. The people who go five, six times a year, or three, four times a year, those people, Mm. they'd not not started going back to the cinema at the point when Top Gun Maverick came out. And it seemed like Top Gun Maverick 
it, it might, it, you know, it costs so much money, and it's like, is there a nostalgia there that people think is it going to be any yeah. good? It was a bit of a gamble, mm. and the fact that the movie is good, but it got those people to go, nah, fuck it, I'm gonna go back to this. It didn't just have a big weekend. It it was a fucking was huge movement. On it. Yeah, yeah. And do you know, it's I, I, like I'm ragging on it. It's it's in my top ten movies of the year. I loved this movie. I just. It's not higher because I don't think the supporting cast are to the level that Tom Cruise is. I, if there was a stronger supporting cast, I think it would have elevated it. But I, I like the fact they don't just make Maverick infallible in it either. No, yeah, yeah. I like that. It, it, it's just a really. It's not. It's not Tom Cruise ego trip. No. Tom Cruise wants to make a great fucking movie, and that. That's why he's. That's why Tom Cruise is great, and the amount of shit that he gets off people is just. Will you fuck off? The guy just wants to make really fucking entertaining movies, and then you stay the fuck out of his life outside of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and and it's partly that because I'm a little bit annoyed because I saw several people tweeting the same image of uh, Nicole Kidman when she got papped by somebody after her divorce came through and people tweeting that image saying me when I saw that Tom Cruise didn't get a Best Actor nomination. It's like, really? Why do you care that much? Yeah. Oh God, you'd have to be really funny. It's like, there are people out there that you should be a lot more annoyed with than Tom Cruise who yeah. is just making entertaining fucking movies. So Top Gun, yeah, that's why it's my number fucking six. Great fucking movie. Should have watched it more. Might have gone up if I had. Um, Becky? Could we possibly take a brief break? A pee break? Yes. Yes, we well, can take a pee break. Yeah. more like, dignified than that, but... Don't carry on without me. I'm not going to carry on without you, though. Because I need to go for pee myself. Oh, fair enough. I need to know what your disappointments were. Uh, surprises were. <laughs> You still eating the gummies here? No, 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 no. I just don't need a pee. You say number six, then? Yes. I just did my number five. So it was my number five, yeah. It was my number five. Okay, all right, all right. I am That's doing fine. bad at math today. Fucking hell! No, you're all right. You're all right. I, have, I just wanted to make sure. I've watched five hours worth of movies today so far. Fucking hell! Fair I did a fine. weird. I did oh. a weird fucking um, a weird Eric Roberts double bill. What else did you watch? I watched Blackbird. <laughs> oh, did oh okay. I right, save it for next oh, week. No, <laughs> oh, what? Okay, all right, fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, fucking hell. What the fuck? Okay, all right, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you can't be surprised because you were expecting him to like it. It's not surprise. Oh, uh, I mean, it's not. Yeah, okay. it's definitely not. It's definitely not. No, it's definitely not top four. <laughs> uh, yeah, all right, okay, say no more. <laughs> Deary fucking me. Fucking hell. I'll get into it, but yeah, Jesus Christ! <laughs> mm. Why does he take like an like an entire fucking island, all of Ireland, are there in this fucking 
non-specific Caribbean paradise. <laughs> and even the priest is Irish. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just... Even the priest is Irish. <laughs> fucking great moment with a hat. Oh, what you mean? Where like he's got a woman who just gives him his hat at the front of the hotel. He has to change he, hats. Yeah. yeah, it's fucking wild. It's very funny. <laughs> yeah, the specific reasons why it's on the list that it's on. Right, I'm gonna okay. go for a peek. All right. rock and roll again do it right do, 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 do. Becky yes what are your five surprises of the year okay my five surprises of the year um, number five is Clerks 3 um, nice. I have a spotty relationship with the askew universe yeah and I like Clerks I'm not so hot on Clerks 2 Clerks 3 felt like a really big gap and what's the point what, why are we doing this where's it going so I was, I was actually really surprised at how how well it turned out and how kind of touching it actually is um, you know it's, a bit, it's got a bit more depth to it hasn't it yeah it, it's it's not the it's not the mess that you expect it to be no, no. It, it's a little bit more well formed and yeah. a bit more mature than I think yeah. I expected to Yeah, be. agreed. Um, my number four is The Monsters. Um, yeah, fair play, yeah. Always kind of expected to like The Monsters um, to an extent, but probably largely from a, a nostalgia point of view. It was always a bit odd that Rob Zombie was doing it because obviously he's known for much more... Visceral. Icky films. stuff. Yeah, visceral. That's the, that's the grown-up word for icky. Um, then, then The Monsters is... So it was a bit like... Is this just going to be like a not family friendly version of the monsters, or are they gonna, or is he gonna try and like do a, a thing or what? And it just, it, it was actually like a really fun, charming little film, very much in the spirit of the TV show. Yeah, yeah, um, it's it, it, it's a fun movie. It was exactly what I wanted it to be. 
Yeah, I had a good time with it. I'll probably never watch it again. Oh, I will. Or anything, but I had a, I had a good enough time with it. I, it was better than I expected it to mm. be. Mm. Is what I would say. Yeah, because obviously it nearly made my surprises. Yeah, well, I think I could say I I expected to like it, but didn't know really what I was expecting, if that makes sense. And then there was quite a lot of nastiness on the on film Twitter about it, wasn't there? When it first. Yeah, because people people hate fun. Yeah, so I was a bit like, oh shit, is this just like a real like shooting a miss? But um, but no, it wasn't. Um, a, a lot of modern movie fans are spoilt. Mm. and so they go oh it just looks amateurish like you fucking dumbass <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't think he does go do a TikTok dance to fucking Wednesday you twats yeah fuck I'm so sick of that song <laughs> dance 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 with your hands 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 in the air fucking somewhere else Um, my number three is 3000 years of longing Um, was intrigued by this but didn't really expect to like it not keen on Idris Elba not really keen on Tilda Swinton um, it looked kind of well, it looked like it was going to be quite fantastical but a lot of the word that had come out was that it was really dry and it's just two people sat in a room talking which is better and it it's just it's just really fucking good and it has made me reevaluate my opinions on both of the actors Um it, yeah, it's just it's just really good and really sweet, and I really the the way that they kind of did the fantastical stuff as part of like them sat in a room talking and him telling their stories was just really it was just really clever. I just really liked it. Um, my number two was Hellraiser. Um, I did not expect this to be good, and I think part of that was because we did the whole Hellraiser thing, <laughs> didn't we? And it yeah, was very fair. much a series of diminishing returns. And mm. uh, by the time we'd got through all of those, I was like, well, at this point, how can it be good? Like, it would just go against the grain of the whole series. And and it, and it just was. And the production value was great. The new pinhead was great. The story was, was really good. And... Yeah, I think it was more a relief than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Not having to watch another really badly made movie. Um, and then my number one surprise of the year was the Chippendale movie. Um, nice. I remember when you suggested watching this, I was like, fucking really? <laughs> like, I liked the cartoon, but you want me to watch a Chippendale movie? And what, it's about him getting fucking CG-fied and made 3D. That sounds shit. Yeah, yeah you, you, were, you only agreed to watch it if I made breakfast that morning. I think I did, yeah. 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 Um, and it's, it's just, yeah, it's just really good. It's a really good family movie. And I really, really enjoyed it. And I will watch that again as well. Fair play. Nice. Ian, what are your five surprises? My um, number five is uh, LFF film Fast and Feel Love. Um, so uh, on Netflix now, um, romantic comedy drama about the competitive world of cup stacking, uh, but with uh, film references a go-go. little long, but um, very, very fun. Didn't know a thing about it going in. Just got a ticket on a ballot. And, um, yeah, really, really liked it. It's on Netflix. Uh, give it a go. Um, my number four is Strange World. Um, because... That nearly made mine, to be fair. Nearly made mine as well, yeah. Yeah, it's... It, 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 I, I wasn't expecting anything because the marketing was awful. 
And it's this visually inventive, charming film with some really good leads, some really terrific action, um, and a third act, which is genuinely surprising. So, yeah, Strange World. My number three is Ambuelance. Um, so, uh, you know, it's it's not up there in my tops. So I absolutely respect Mark putting it in there. Um, and, um, yeah, I uh, really, I, yeah, I, it just is wild. I was kind of thinking after Six Underground had Michael Bay lost it. And no, he hasn't at all. He just needed a drone and Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. No, good. Uh, it, like very, very solid stuff. Uh, my number two surprise is my second watch of Bullet Train. <laughs> nice. Uh, um, so uh, yeah, Bullet Train watched it absolutely hammered, as Mark knows. Um, just did not vibe with it at all, and it was basically because I was drunk and I wasn't paying attention. Uh, I think it's fun. It is a bit sub-Tarantino, but Brian Tyree Henry and Aaron Taylor-Johnson are really, really good support for Brad Pitt. Uh, fun action in there. The Ryan Reynolds cameo is so small that I don't find it too egregious. And uh, yeah, I am uh, a fan of Bullet Train. Um, and my number one is The Monsters. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Um, that is a film which I thought was going to be utter, utter dog shit. It is a film which is a three out of five. But the fact that I even liked The Monsters is my biggest cinematic surprise of oh, the thanks. year. Like, hands down. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, there you go. That's me. Right, my biggest surprise is at number five is Uncharted. Uh, a movie that, yeah, it is just an uncharted movie. It was everybody wanted to hate this because a it had Mark Wahlberg in it, and b they didn't agree with the casting of Tom Holland. And then a lot of people actually had the balls to when it came out and they watched it go, "Oh, it's quite fun though. Mm. It's quite fun though, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> yeah, it is quite fun." Like, ah, oh, I mean, I still don't agree with it. It's still better if they cast blah, 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 Nathan Fillion as this. Like, what, like 15 years ago? Maybe. Um, but yeah, I had a... It's a fun movie. And yeah, it did really well. And I think we're getting a sequel. Um, but yeah, I had a good time with it. It's a good time of a movie. Um, my number four is... Um, I toyed with the idea of not putting this in. Um, but I, I am actually genuinely surprised by it. Um, I'm not surprised that I liked it, but I'm surprised that it's good, and it's Confess Fletch. Yeah, yeah. I was always oh, that's fair. I was good going call. to like it because I like the character Fletch, um, and I also quite like John Hamm. And I thought he wouldn't have been my first choice, but I think he's a oh, all right, that's interesting. Yeah, and he he's fully invested in the movie he is absolutely on board with being Fletch and that's it but then it's actually good the fact that other people liked it is what I'm surprised by <laughs> um, for that yeah it's it's. will we get a sequel uh, I know John Hamm said look it's not actually out of the question the film's done alright the studio has been 
okay with it. Um, I really hope we get sequels to this. I hope they do this with the book series. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I had a great time with, with Confess Fletch. I will watch it. Probably not as much as Fletch, but probably more than Fletch Lives. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Is what I would say. Um, my number three is um, The Greatest Beer Run Ever. I never finished this. Um, yeah, okay. It's it's a good movie. Um, mm. it's, it's military propaganda, Mark. But it's not. And that's the good thing about it is it, it starts off being a little bit like that, but then you go on a journey with a guy who it turns out is like, oh, I am here for the wrong fucking reasons and these guys are here for the wrong fucking reasons. But then again, shit. And it, you, there is a there is an arc there within the the main character yeah. that exists, okay. and um, I, I kind of I think that that it was again maligned by people who hadn't watched it. Yeah, who were, were making assumptions about what it was. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, and I, I yeah I had a good enough time with it. Um, my number two is Tar. Okay, yeah, I could see, I could see yeah. that being there yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, I didn't go into it with the trail. I didn't watch the trail. I hadn't seen it. I well, watched not... the watched the uh, the first yeah. trailer, which was just Kate Blanchett's face. Yeah. So I knew very little about it when I went into it, um, but was a little bit. I didn't even know who directed it to be honest, and I quite liked Todd Field as, as a filmmaker, um, but I thought. Do you know what? Is this just going to be... Is this just going to be really pretentious vegetables? And it's not... It's actually quite... It's quite nasty in a lot of ways. And the central character kind of gets what she deserves, but in a really weird way in the sense that she still has a career. Probably still has quite a lucrative career. But it is so not the lucrative career she wants and you know it will burn her and it's all her own fucking fault. Uh, and I like that about this movie is the fact that it has that... Her, she, she gets what she fucking deserves. Well, she yeah. doesn't really. She's Absolutely. grooming young girls and one of them commits suicide. She does not get what she deserves. Yeah, for, the, for the character... The character gets what she deserves because what she ends up doing is what she thinks is so fucking beneath her mm. and that she ends up becoming everything she would mock by proving that she is just a fucking fraud. She is a hack. And that's what is wonderful about if, her. Yeah, if she's not going to like actually get criminal justice, which in the real world, in this situation, she probably fucking wouldn't. This is like the yeah. worst ending for her. Yeah, it, it's like a realistic ending. If well, I mean, I don't know why I'm why I'm saying if Lydia Tart were a real person, she is. She's a real person. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it. You know, it's a documentary, so yeah. Uh, but it feels like it in all seriousness. Yeah. And my biggest surprise of the year, the is... girl in that that she that she's chasing is the fem- um is the lead female lead in that baby Ruby I was talking about earlier. Is she? Yeah. Cool. Oh really? Oh, okay. I never watch. Yeah. You shouldn't watch the trailer. It looks. I really don't good. want to watch it. Okay. Um, it's got a baby in it, which is a thanks. I hate it waiting to happen. So does Rosemary's baby. Right. And you like that? 
How many times have I watched Rosie Baby? Couple. Twice. Um, we'll, we'll watch it again. Um, my number one surprise is White Noise. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> a, if you'd have told me that I would enjoy as much as I did a... If you'd explained the story... <laughs> yeah. So I'd explained this movie and the cast and the director and everything to you, you'd have been like... Absolutely fucking not. I would, I, I, I would have, yeah. I would have done the thing of where my brain would have been going, "Don't punch this person in the nose," because they, they didn't make the movie unless it was Noah Baumbach explaining it to me. Mm. And if somebody came mm. up to me and went, "Hi, Mike, I'm Noah Baumbach," I would punch them in the nose straight away without any explanation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but but I absolutely will admit. Do you know what? It's a fun movie. It's a good time. It's it's got a really good energy to it, a really fucking good vibe. If if Boundback continues to make movies like that, fuck it, I I am all on the fucking Boundback train. I will never go back to watching the movies that he made before this and have any revisionism and go, I was wrong. I'm not. I'm right. Um, but this is a great time, and I'm kind of glad that people who usually like Noah Boundback movies don't like this movie. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's it's just funny. It's a funny absurdism, surreal comedy. Um, it's also not the well. What if a real family were put in this situation? Because they're not a real family. Mm. They are still a a, a stylized version yeah. of a family. But yeah, it's it's just a fun movie, and I enjoyed it. Fair enough. And there you go. Um, can I also put out that on the greatest beer run in the world ever, the uh, post run Wikipedia, not sorry, Uncharted, sorry, the post run Wikipedia has a QR code on it. Yeah, it's a weird one, that. Yeah. Nice. Uh, right. Becky. Yes. What is your number four best movie of 2022? My number four is the Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal vehicle, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. <laughs> nice. I seem to have this this odd little soft spot for Nick Cage and just like everything that he does. But I I genuinely think this is a legitimately good kind of metery vibes, interesting movie, and I I really loved it. I think both the main central performances are really fucking good. Um, I think Pedro Pascal is. He's just, he's just so, um, he's so engaging to watch. Like he pulls you into whatever he's doing um, quite well. And then obviously Nick Cage is just this larger than life fucking entity um, that you've got the, you've got the kind of um, what should be the eccentric character being the rich kind of playboy guy is the normal one and then the down on his look actor is the one that's all like fucking weird and shit and it's just just this really quite good juxtaposition um so yeah unbearable weight ian what's your number four uh my number four is nope um film that really really went up in my estimation on second watch as i um said a few uh, a few apps back um i think it's uh, both trying to have blockbuster elements while also trying to be a Jordan Peele film. Um, 
he's gotten better better with every film for me personally um with get out is a very uh this is what this is and i i like get out but it's not exactly the like once you know what the plot is it's not exactly the deepest thing um and then us kind of like takes that on to just what is a fucking really weird concept like the tether thing and like the kind of the mirror world under the ground um and then nope is kind of pushing into more populist sensibilities well like he said himself it's like both a love letter to movies and 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 hollywood and also a criticism of it a little bit like babylon in a way actually um but in in a way which really sang for me second time round uh i think hiki palmer and uh daniel kiluya are terrific uh in the lead roles but i I, my michael wincott's great as well um i think i need to rewatch this because this very nearly made my disappointments I think you do need to rewatch it. Yeah, yeah because I, th- I think it, you were closer to Ian than 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 me. Like, I I liked it. Mm. I think you were close to Ian. In, Ian didn't get on with it. I think mm. I was one who liked it the most. Yeah. Then Ian just jumped up into his top five. And yeah, I think I need to rewatch this and Us because I didn't like Us really either. I thought you did like Us. Mm? I thought you did it, like Us. No, not really. It, yeah, I, it just it it clicked for me. I understood. Like I just I understood what Peel was going for, and I didn't first time round. So, yeah, nope. I really, really, really like it. I'm quite looking forward to watching it again, to be honest. Fair enough. Yeah. So my uh, number four is movie the movie. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. It just it is just three hours of just pure fucking entertainment, joy and glee. It's it's quite something um, and can absolutely see why it has literally just sort of taken the fucking the world by storm and people love it uh, I, I literally haven't spoken to anybody who has watched it that hasn't kind of fallen for it and I'm alarmed at the amount of people that like that I know that have watched it like of non what you'd call film people. Yeah, yeah. That have watched it and have gone, yeah, it's, it's just fucking so much fun. Yeah. Uh, my mum watched it and loved it. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I recommend it and said, look, give it a go. It's a lot of fun. And she watched it and was like, it was bonkers, but yeah, it's a great amount of fun. Um. So, yes, that was my number uh, four. Becky, what's your number three? My number three is everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, I just think it's, I think it's great. I think conceptually, story-wise, execution-wise, I think it just gets everything right. I think um, the weak points for me um, on first watch, which I'm thinking at least one of them probably won't bother me as much on rewatch. Um, with a daughter and Jamie Lee Curtis and the hot dog fingers world didn't like that um, but yeah I um, I just I just think it's a really fucking clever concept and I really really enjoyed it I really hope Michelle Yeoh gets the best actress for it nice <laughs> um, Mark's just getting himself a drink here and what's your number four? Oh, uh, three, uh, three. 
three. <laughs> number three, yeah. Uh, my number three what? is Tar. What? Um, What's he saying? None of us can do math. Oh, none of us can Hello. do math. Okay, Ian, sorry, go on. Hello. Uh, yeah, my number three is Tar. Um, just a great exploration of cancel culture and feminism in the modern play day masculinity in the modern day um how just everyone's a bit of a fucking arsehole and if people realized that that and and just accepted it and didn't criticize everybody for ev- everything that they think is wrong then maybe people could actually get together uh and get on with each other um but all also, it like is a very haunted film, you know. I mean, like you got like shadows of people in the background in shots and stuff, and the, the the, yeah, it just it feels like a film which is quite despairing of society, um, in a, in a kind of a quiet way, um, where you've got this woman who is an asshole. But also in her pointing out the asshole traits of other people, it's just like, yeah, I see that as well. And in conclusion, everyone's a dick. Some people are definitely more dicks than others, but everyone can everyone can be a bit of an arsehole. And that's my conclusion on Tar, <laughs> and I really like it. Uh, it's long, but it it ne- it, ne- it never necessarily feels like it's too long it just needs time to tell the story it's telling and uh yeah i think it's a really really good and clever uh, it's just a clever bit of work yeah yeah it is it's is, it is, it's a really good film I, I think i think i maybe put it like on my surprises list and that made me have to eliminate it from everything else <laughs> so maybe i should have reevaluated that um my number three uh, is the uh banshee's of Inishirin. Um, nice. I just think it's an incredibly brilliant piece of work mm. um, to do a story that I feel both works as the parable is and as a film as it is without that being there but that is clearly there what they're going for yeah um, it's brilliant the, the reason why calling back to what you said earlier why I think that um, that Farrell if he does get an Academy Award, will will be deserving of it. Is it, it's a film that doesn't really have big fucking moments. It doesn't have Oscar clip moments, but it manages to have big moments within within it. Emotional beats. Yeah, mm. and um, of those, Farrell is key to the the big three. Would probably be the the time we choose out Gleason in the bar. Um, the Bikeyan um, essentially asking Kerry Coleman out on a date. <laughs> Colin Farrell's not involved in that. Though. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm oh. saying these are the big moments of the film. Ah, oh, okay. Um, and the the end at the beach, and Farrell is involved in two of those. And yes, of course, he's the main character of the film, but he he's fantastic in both of them. About the bit when he finds his donkey, that's quietly heartbreaking. Yeah, it is. You've got moments like that within the movie. Um, that it's just this. It's this weirdly small movie about 
a small subject that's actually massive that is there and it's, 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 a, it's just it's an incredibly cleverly written film that that has um, that, that's MacGuffin is the film itself because all the way through it you're watching it going what has he done yeah. what the fuck has he done he's clearly done something and even with even having film knowledge yeah knowing that it's a uh, a Martin McDonough film you watch it going fuck what has McDonough had him fucking do because <laughs> it's got to be something fucking horrible then when you realise oh shit no he's not done anything that's the point hmm it is just, ah, fuck, that's what it is. It's almost a well-fucking-played. It's a well-fucking-played of a movie. And by the way, I'm going to say this, my one, two, and three are almost interchangeable. And yeah. could be on a different day. Mm. I've actually changed my one, two, and three <laughs> while we've been talking. Fair <laughs> um, For that, yeah, I, I think it's an incredible piece of work. Um so that's, yeah. What's your number two, Rebecca? Oh, what's your number fucking two? Because <laughs> I don't know your list. Put away in first. <laughs> Are you still undecided? All I can see on Becky's list, because I can see Becky's written down her list. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a list writer. Um, is that, that her number one and number two are both next to each other written sideways. Oh so wow! I haven't decided yet. I've got back. Ian, what I is your I number have. two? Go on. I just need a minute. Give it a minute. What is your number two film of the year? Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, just uh, absolute banger of a film. Um, one like wonderfully heartfelt, very very cinematic, really fucking funny. Um, like the the whole idea of them having to do weird shit before they can kind of like jump or like yeah. tra- verse jump or whatever they call it it's just a lovely touch um uh yeah i mean i think i, I talked about jamie lee curtis earlier on i think she's fine michelle yo brilliant stephanie Zhu, brilliant kihi kwan ace um it yeah it, it's a terrific film which kind of points a direction to what smart mainstream slash indie films could be in the future it's just incredibly yeah. impressive yeah definitely Becky what's your number two okay so these are fairly equal but I think it falls that Elvis is my number two wow fair play Okay. And all I know right. I've been saying all year that it's my yeah, favourite year. And it... It very nearly is. And I'm, I'm probably going to like come back on next week and go, guys, I've had a rethink. <laughs> um, but no, Elvis. Um, it is... just It's just fucking magnificent. And I think it might have pipped it had I had the opportunity to rewatch it before recording, but I've just not had a chance to get to it. Um, it... Possibly watched this year. Three, four. Fucking hell, Becky. Um, it possibly loses a little bit over the one that has won because of Tom Hanks. Fair play. Um, 
The but yeah, it looks spectacular. The musical numbers are spectacular. It is it th- that is the word for it. It is a spectacle, and it is a big like it feels like an event of a movie, and it's. I mean, just I mean, really sad as fuck, given the way that it ends. But like, it's it's a joyful movie to watch for 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 a fair chunk of it. Just watching him, um, like reach those dizzying heights and the love for him and stuff like that. But it's also kind of like, kind of like haunting um, with regards to the the amount of his life he gives up, the effect, the like the the, um powerful tangible effect that he has on the people that he's performing to and watching him get older watching him go through his like fucking shitty movie phase and just be really unhappy with it but not know how to escape it like it's got a lot of depth to it as well Mm. um and austin butler's fucking fantastic as elvis so yeah that's my number two Oh, mean it now. Yeah. That confused me, that. Yeah. Yeah. My number two's Babylon. We spoke about it earlier. Um, <laughs> Fucking hell, good for you. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was toying. Babylon was at number three at one point, and Banshees was at number two. Um, and then I remembered that Babylon has Margot Robbie in that dress in it, and Banshees doesn't because she'd be well called. She would be well She wouldn't need ice for her nipples. Yeah, she wouldn't. In there. And Margot Robbie in a, in a nice fucking, in a nice fucking chunky knitted sweater probably wouldn't do it for me as much. No. Um, so, yeah. So, if Kerry Condon had been just in Banshees in that dress. Then that would have won. Or, or if Colin Farrell had been in, in that dress in Banshees, I'd have probably like, all right, fair enough. Extra it's fucking star for you. It's a hell of a dress. It's a it? hell of a dress. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but do you know why it's good? Because that dress is in the beginning part of the movie. <laughs> it's in the end as well. Um, True. So yeah, so Babylon spoke about it earlier. Um, it's I, I, black and white at the end though, isn't it? Yeah. Oh no, there's the colour shots yeah, of the party shots. as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah, loved it, everything of it, what and all. Yeah. And you celebrate your warty frog of a movie. Yeah, fuck it, I will do. I like joy. Didn't bring joy. Mm. The first hour brought joy. The rest of it, misery. <laughs> I made you high five, me at the start, didn't I? When the BBC credits card came up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, BBFC, sorry, not BBC. Um, right. Worsts. Becky, give us your worsts. Okay. So I'm going to skim real quick over my number 10. My number 10 is turning red. Um, my number 9... Um, is that... I like turning red. I just don't need to see a movie where a giant panda is the manifestation of a girl getting a period. It's just not what I need to see from my cartoons. And it's ugly. Fair enough. It's an ugly cartoon. Are you wrong, but fair enough. Okay. Um, so my number 9 is that fucking Jem Belcher movie. What the fuck was that about? What what logic went through people's heads that they made that they they, that they made that movie? I don't know. <laughs> it's just shit and pointless and what a waste of time. Yeah, it's not even real. <laughs> no, no. I made a biopic nobody had heard of and then changed loads of it. Yeah, just bonkers. Um, my number eight is Doctor Strange. Um, 
spoiler alert for the rest of my list, it, it, I find it really concerning that two of my worst off lists for the year are Marvel movies. It's It's been a real fucking shitty year for Marvel and a real downgrade in quality. Doctor Strange is... is to, to echo what you said, Ian, the, the Raimi bits are highlights, but overall it's just really shit and weak and doesn't have an awful lot to say, wastes what it does have. It's... Yeah. It's Any... not... Is it, is it just not okay? It's not okay, no. That's not on my list anymore. That's been replaced. That's it? Yeah. Is that why it's got a little red dot next to it? It is. That's been replaced by Dashcam. All right, fair enough. Sorry, I thought I was making <laughs> nice. a joke there. You were making a good joke if the list hadn't changed. Not okay has been bumped. Not okay is not okay. Not okay. Um, but what's more not okay is Dashcam. Um, just a real fucking... Do you know what? Yes, I get that she's supposed to be abrasive. I get that you're not supposed to like her. I get that she's supposed to be challenging. But... Nah, mate. Nah, mate, no. Just... Uh, I... Just, no. It fucking awful. Awful watch. And we'll never rewatch that movie. And she's hateful. The fact that... They seem to be... On they, her there's, side. Yeah, there's a feeling that the filmmakers are on her side and are, and are kind of goading her on and it's like I really really hope that's not your view too because it comes across like it is yeah it does and his next film if, if that is the person that he is I hate that his, his next film is a Stephen King adaptation but then if that was the person he was would King let him do it I don't know unless it's a dollar baby which could be could be, but he, he likes to bet them quite well, doesn't he? No, not the Dollar Babies. No, but it's very set stuff that's allowed to be in the Dollar Baby programme, and the night shift stories are among them. Oh, fair so, we'll wait and see, but yeah, Dash comes a piece of shit. Um, number six yep. is The Fablemans. <laughs> wow. Fully, fully fucking hated my time with that film. We, we, I discussed it at length only a few weeks ago when we watched it. I, I won't get into it again because it, it makes me angry, but just what a really fucking weak piece of filmmaking. Um, number five is The Bubble. Because it's just shit. Like, it's objectively shit. It's not subjective. This is an objective fucking factual statement. It's shit. Um, there's a few moments in it that are kind of fun, but for the most part, it's just indulgent fucking... It, they, they come across as just lovey wankers having fun during lockdown. And I, I get that's kind of like the vibe that the film's going for, but it feels like that's the case for the cast as well. Mm. And yeah, no, absolutely not. Is it like nearly two hours, like two hours long as well? Something ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, sounds about right. Um... Number four for me, and I, I appreciate not for everyone, but number four for me was men. Um, I find that as I age, my tolerance for just unearned pretension has is disappearing. Um, it's just if it, it, it this film thinks it's so fucking poignant and so fucking important, and it just isn't, and. It's loving the whiff of its own farts. Uh, I, 
I, I'm just not here for it. Um, number three for me is Thor. Um, just the, just the steep drop in quality between Ragnarok and this. And I know you you weren't super keen on Ragnarok anyway. No, it's it's it, it's nowhere near as entertaining as it thinks it is. But for for a lot of people, it is. And it, I, for me, Ragnarok tours the line very well between humour and <clears throat> having some meat on its bones as well. And advancing the story and the characters still largely being likeable. Um, this has none of that. Uh, Tessa Thompson is not a particularly likeable character in Ragnarok, but there's also the Hulk there. Mm. You don't have that in this. You don't have like a, a straight man. Pun not intended. Um, but you, you don't have that sensible kind of person. Thor, I, I said this to you at the time, they've made him a fucking idiot. As the films have gone on, he's just, he's gone from being the literal god of fucking thunder. You know, who was a bit of a, bit of a Labrador, don't get me wrong. Yeah, he, he was quite naive and stuff like that. But, not just fucking stupid, just wasn't aware of like what was going on on this world that he was on, that they, he'd never they, been they, to they've before. They've pretty much done that with every single character mm. in Marvel, where the, literally every male character has kind of become a bit of a buffoon. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Natalie Portman shit didn't make sense for me. Um, the kid shit didn't make sense for me. They have wasted what is apparently a really good baddie mm. in the comic book series. So, yeah, just an all-round fail. Um, another all-round fail uh, for me, number two, is Texas Chainsaw. Um, it's one of those films where you watch it and you think, how did this ever make it off the page? It's it, not, not, None of it works. It's not a good idea. It's not well executed. The premise is stupid. Um the kills you know you have a guy that kills people with a chainsaw and they're shit <laughs> how do you make that shit yeah so yeah takes chainsaw number two and number one for me is blonde because it is just god awful and i think we need to collectively as a as a population global population just forget that this ever existed because i i I like Anna de Armas. I don't want to see this sully her future career. But there it is. But here it is. Just a deeply, deeply disrespectful film. Um, the <laughs> How badly she, as an actress, is exploited in this movie about the exploitation of the character. How she did not see that and go, wait, no, actually, this doesn't work for me. That I mean, that must have been in the script. She's read that and okayed it, and I that's. Think, I think she's seen it as role of a lifetime. But it's not. If it was a straight Marilyn Monroe biopic, then do you know what? Fine, take it. But also, if you're Anna de Armas and you're deeply miscast for the role, maybe look at it and go, "Yeah, it might be the role of a lifetime, but I'm not right for it." Maybe all the people that would have been right for it quite rightly turned it down. This film should not exist. You know, you, you've taken a Hollywood icon, like, act, 
actual icon. That the word gets thrown around a lot, but Marilyn Monroe is, and just raped her corpse. It's it's awful. It's so disrespectful. I agree with you completely. Mike won't yeah. uh, <laughs> Ian, mm-hmm. what are your? Uh, I got I got so I got a bottom five. I didn't do a ten. All right, yeah. Um, but it's all good. Um, some crossover here. Um, my number five is the bubble. Um, just one of the most fucking self-aggrandizing. Oh, wouldn't it be funny to take the piss out of ourselves? <laughs> also, my daughter's going to do all the choreography. Um, just boring couple of hours of just self-satisfied shite um uh, yeah Judd Apatow can fuck off <laughs> um my number four is Skinner Marink oh, wow. um um it, it, I, I, I refer to last week's podcast Noel and I went into it obviously uh my number three is Blonde uh absolutely agree with everything that Beck said there couldn't say it better myself um, and number two is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, just again, everything Beck said. I know I'm rushing through these, but like you, you put these things really well, dude. Uh, my worst film of the year is Robert Zemeckis's <laughs> Pinocchio. Um, oh, I didn't see this. You don't need to. Um, we watched it, so you don't have to. Thanks. <laughs> just like the most soulless thing you've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, it is ghoulishly, um, like just cal- like calculated. Yeah. I, I, it, it, it's so so bad. Yeah, it's so bad. The, the, the only way you could make that film in any way bear bearable is if you just slapped a funny or die ident in the bottom corner, and then you could, and then you could sure. go, ah, uh, I don't think they quite landed this. But I get what they're going for. <laughs> I yeah, I do not, I do not know what. Well, I know what Robert Smackers was thinking. You'll pay me yeah. how much? Um, but what Tom Hanks is doing this in this, You'll I do not much? know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. I just the fact that this got announced so early as going to Disney yeah. Plus was already right. What's wrong with this then? There's there's very much a. Robert Zemeckis ringing up Tom Hanks and going, Tom, want you to do this Pinocchio thing? And him going, all right, give me two seconds. Can we just check with check to find out how much that place in Miami cost? Yeah, it's 16 yeah, yeah, mil. Yeah, I'd, yeah I'd, I'd just awful, really, really awful. For once, I'm not surprised that Disney put something like this on Disney Plus because the word on it would have been oh, toxic geez. theatrically. And I think it probably... It could have it could have killed the whole live action remake thing dead. I mean, I think it should. They're not uh, great anyway. <laughs> no, they're no, they're not. And obviously, we got the Little Mermaid coming up. But I mean, it, it like the thing is because they put it out on Disney Plus Day, it just became content. Mm. And they, they they kind of did put it out and then just urged people to not watch it. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I mean, it's just it's an awful fucking film. So yeah, there you go. Right. So my number ten was the bubble. As we've all said, shit. Uh, my number nine is Morbius. Shit. Um, 
Yeah, we, people need to stop trying to make what's his name happen. That prick who was in Doctor Who. Tall Matt one. Smith. No, Matt yeah, Smith. He's not very good. He's just not very good and he's not charismatic. And the worst thing is, he thinks he's really charismatic. He does seem to, yeah. Yeah. Number eight is Prize Fighter. Yeah. The story of Jen Belcher. The story of Jen Belcher. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Number seven is Dashcam. Um, yeah, just a. Oh my god, we both inserted it at the same yeah, spot. We did. Um, like Ian said, just grow up. Yeah. But that it it, it does unequivocally the movie makes you think that the people behind it agree, agree with her. Yeah, yeah. If, if if they don't, and that wasn't what they were going for, they failed. Yeah. Badly. Yeah. Um, number six was Do Revenge. Or we could just not. Yeah, we could not just right. not. The movie equivalent of fucking Last Christmas of the It's Been a Year, It Doesn't Surprise Me. Wait, you don't recognise her from like two fucking years <laughs> ago. The girl who is insanely recognisable. Yeah. Uh, number five is Blackbird. <laughs> A movie we watched today. Oh, wow, really? Um, that makes me really sad for you. What a horrendous yeah, piece that's... of shit that is. It is. The thing is, right, <laughs> if you are a guy who is really fucking rich and is a dickhead, an egotistical prick, right, and you decide to make a movie, right, and the only person that you can get in it that anybody will recognise is Eric Roberts because literally he will be in anything. And it's quite cool that you will be in anything. And I like that about Eric Roberts, right? Yeah, we were discussing that, weren't we? Yeah, I love the fact that he can be in this on fucking Wednesday and then on Saturday he can be in the new PTA film. Fine. Great. But if you're going to do that, the, the one thing it shouldn't be is as boring as this is. If you're going to make yourself a fucking super agent, at least fucking do something. <laughs> just do something that isn't just wear hats. It's some, we were saying, where is some real wish, wish fulfillment, vanity project oh, shit going on in this movie? It is. The, the, like, when you. That <laughs> bit with the giant black dude, and he just like punches him. Yeah. The little chubby. Oh, you've killed tiny. him there! <laughs> you've killed him, Victor! With three punches! Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's good. And, and everyone wants to sleep with him. Yeah, it is. There was a yeah. bit where, where for, some, for no reason, the drummer in that woman's band just gets changed midway through the movie. And I turned up next and was like, clearly that woman just did not want to sleep with Michael Flatley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah a a bad, oh, bad, really bad movie. Oh, I'm uh, so sorry. Number four is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Shit. Uh, number three is Hocus Pocus. Two. Two. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's a fair call. Nostalgia yeah. bit. But, right, if you're going to make a nostalgia sequel to something, at least have some nostalgia for the bits that people liked, mm. not the bits that one person likes. Mm. It's just not very fucking good. It's not, no. It didn't make me angry enough to make the list, but no, it's not. It didn't really. make me angry, it made me really bored. Oh, man, made me quite angry. Um, From six upwards. Number two is Pinocchio. Because it's just shit. Nice. It's just really, really, yeah. really bad. There's, there's a, like, 
morbidly perverse part of me that Go. really wants to watch it now. Go. No? Nope. Okay. Um, and number one is Blonde. Uh, because everything you said, Becky, there, it is... Oh my God, I'm so eloquent. Yeah, it's it's a hideous, steaming turd yeah. of a movie that has no redeeming features to it whatsoever. Um, it's it, a stain on the face of cinema. Yeah, it is. It's it's not visceral. It's not... It's not challenging and no, edgy. It's just it's, fucking disrespectful. It's pathetic. Yeah, it is. It's juvenile as well. The, it, it, it's the element of... Um, Look, you know this really hot actress who you think's really hot and you really like? I can get her to get her tits out. Yeah, it is a little bit like... It, it made me bored of Amanda Armas' yeah, tits. Yeah, which should not be a thing. Mm. You know, that, 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 should, that, that is the worst poster quote that could ever exist. Yeah. <laughs> it made this man bored of Amanda Armas' tits, and this man really likes tits. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Fuck you. Um, right. Becky. Right, actually, wait, before that, before we do this, so, you know, because, you know, I'm, I'm aware of time. Um, I'm aware of the concept of time. Ethan uh, Barr, best film of the year, Top Gun Maverick. Surprise, the menu. Uh, but a shout-out to Halloween Ends. Um... Disappointment, Doctor Strange, Multiverse. I'll not say it's the worst, but I did not like Death on the Nile. Um, Rick Kidd, uh, what are your biggest sn- snubs and shocks in the Oscar nominations? I think we covered that in our Oscars chat, mm-hmm. which I think was quite nice. Uh, but also, his best movie, Everything Everywhere All at Once. His worst movie was White Noise and Morbius. Surprise was Top Gun Maverick. Uh, and Disappointments was Thor, Love and Thunder. Um, Becky, what is your best film of 2022? My film of the year, 2022, is the absolute fucking banger, Rise, Raw, Revolt. Also known as Movie the Movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? For ages there, it was Elvis. And then I rewatched Triple R not so long back, and it was just like, how can it not be? How can a movie that makes me this fucking pumped and this fucking happy and like fucking high fiving? Because you didn't watch it with me, did you? I was high fiving myself that a bit under the bridge where they grab hands. I was like. <laughs> Fuck yes, high five. It is fuck. It's a banger. It's just an absolute banger, and it's it, yes, it's got some shit to say. Yes, it's got some revisionist history shit to say. Yes, white people are bastards, we're, but we're we're, we're, we we just are. Like it's not saying anything wrong. We're we, not, oh, you know, especially British white people. Yeah, yeah. Like, and especially at the time. I mean, I know that the powers that be are not great now, but most normal people are probably fine. But yeah. at the time, absolute pieces of shit. So you know. It it, it, it it there was no way after that rewatch and I've and I've struggled with it honestly for the last few weeks as to which order these two would go in. <laughs> and then I looked at the IMDB page earlier and that picture of um is it Raju? The actor that plays him. Yes. Just fucking smiling in his fucking IMDB picture and I was just like, it just has to be. So yeah. Nice. I think it's called Rise, Raw, Revolt as well. 
the fact that the, the, the fact that in all, all different languages it's called different things just so that it meets the r r r kind of requirements uh, and the 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 when the title card comes up for it is like 40 minutes into the movie and it's when they have the big fucking hand thing under the water is it, in it? Yeah. yeah and the bit where like um like one of them's fire and one of them's water and then it has like little mini title cards that come up when it's like right this is this guy's story now and he's the water and it's like Da-da-da-da. and then and then the bit where he's carrying him around on his shoulders because he's going to be his legs because his legs are, are bad because he was in the, the box yeah. it's it's just it's just so good and it's 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 wonderfully just like it every time i think of it i want to watch it again and it's so long but that would not put me off I'd, I'd happily rewatch it at like 11 o'clock at night and just sit there. So long it would not put me off words to live by. Ian, what is your <laughs> number one film of the year? Uh, my number one film of the year is Yes! Top <laughs> so bright tonight But don't you let go of my hand You can cry every last year I won't leave till Um, oh, you know, I watched that. it four times. Um, it is just absolute peak entertainment <laughs> for me. Um, it's a technical marvel. Score fucking bangs. Tom Cruise rules. Jennifer Connelly's doing some good, like, interesting shit with a nothing yeah. apart. I like Miles Teller. Um, and, Glenn uh, Powell's really hot. Yeah, I hate... Glenn Powell is smoking. Fucking um, isn't he? And I'm... I'm <laughs> Yeah, I'm very mindful of the time, so I'm just going to leave it there. I've talked about Top Gun Maverick loads over the last like eight months or so, but yeah, it, it's it, yeah, it's emphatically my film of 2022. Oh, I love that. Is that the greatest showman clause as well? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> my number one film of the year. You're the only one that's picked like a critical darling. <laughs> Is it a critical darling? Like it, it's... I have not seen this on anybody else's list, oh, so, so I'm starting to feel a little bit like I might be. This might be a you're an idiot choice. <laughs> what is it? My number one film of the year is uh, is Bones and All. Just a really, a really beautiful. Really affected you this film. Film, yeah. yeah. Um, it's this film made me go, oh, all right, I get the Timothy Charlemagne thing. Mm. I get, I, I already got why teenage girls and cougars loved him. I already got that, um, but I didn't quite get why. Like he was getting all of the juicy parts. But he's so good in like Dune. Um, but I, do, I, he's fine in Dune. No, he's really good Everything in else Dune. is better in Dune. Um, but then this made me go, no, he's really good to be playing 
empathetic um, and just all of this uh, and, and broken, but having to mm. come to terms with this, but trying to get Tyler <coughs> Russell through it mm. and get her to come to terms with it, but then realising that she's she's basically using him yeah. to get to where she wants and how broken that makes him. He just wants he just wants companionship because she knows she she has what he has and it's just that yeah there's a lot there is a lot of like nuance going on yeah I, I, I do again and I think this year's been a fucking great year film I do think it, it should have ended ten minutes earlier what this year in film no this, this oh, film this film this film should have ended ten minutes earlier uh, because uh, I mean then just sat would have been a better ending than what we got in the end. Oh, where they like... Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, as just a... And it's a beautiful film to look at. Oh, yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah. If you want to take this this idea and this... Part of that is helped by the fact that there's two very attractive leads. No, but just the, 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 in terms the of... It uses, it uses the, um, the setting really quite well. And the fact that you're using deprived areas to, to, to tell a story mm. uh, about fringes of society you will have to live on the fringes of society yeah um, it, it is really well done there um, in comparison to something like fucking Normaphan which was a horrendous piece of shit um, this used it really really well as like a character within the story yes really brilliant film did not if you have told me at the start of the year this movie would be my top movie of the year I would have I would have laughed at you <laughs> ah it will not <laughs> Yeah, uh, like Cooper last. Yes, a little like Cooper last. Um, so yeah, fucking hell, banger of a year. Yeah, banger Fantastic. of a year when it was really difficult making my worst of list. I think yeah, there's not been many bad ones, but the bad ones that there were were really bad. Three or four of them are just absolute pieces yeah, of shit. Yeah, yeah. But beyond beyond those ten, well, I think the fact that our, our bottom fives really echoed each other. Yeah, tells says a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. What are we covering next week here? Plane. Wow. <laughs> fucking hell. Yes. It's getting really good reviews. I, I, I'm it all has. Right with it. Yeah. I'm, 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 do you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, let's go. Oh, we are uh, jumping straight back into 2023 yeah, next week. Yeah, let fucking born in pass and go on a fucking plane with Gerard Butler. Boom. Boom. Thank you very much for listening to another bumper episode of Film Bastards, um, guys. Um, and yeah, 2023, it's going to be fucking amazing because there are no bad years in film because film's fucking great. Thank you very much, Rebecca. Thanks, Mark. You're weirdly enthusiastic free. Thank you very much, Ian. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, listeners. Goodbye.